Today is February 24th, Thursday, 2022. Damn right. Kind of a World, rough day. World War Three is impending upon us, boys. Yeah. yeah kind of a rough day. There's, um, there's tension. There's tension. No, there's no tension. No, I don't think there's any tension. But once again, welcome to another episode of uh, What's the Hype? We're here to talk about some not so tense things, hopefully. Yeah. Video um, games. Vi- video games. Lighten the mood. How we all? How we all doing, boys? We doing well. It was a good day. Very productive. Productive for you. Robert was in the shower for about an hour, so <laughs> that's my me time. I, I, I spend ninety five percent of my time I would in call this that house. A productive shower. All right. I'm, I'm sitting. Hey, I, I don't. I don't. I don't blame you, dude. I I've actually like almost fallen asleep in the shower, like oh, when so it was nice. really cold. When bro, it was really when that cold, hot out water here. just hits you like on the back though. Because like, like I, you don't want to get out. Man. Like I understand it, bro. I remember all. I used to be so tired when we'd come back from. Uh, when we were in band together, oh it'd be gosh. fucking Friday, Saturday nights. We would be on an away game. Yeah, sweating Ugh, profusely. Bro, by the time you get day. home, put everything away, fucking hang out for a little bit. You get home at like 2, 3 in the morning. And you went to school that morning. So you woke up at 6 yeah. and you're getting home at 3. I would be so Built tired. I, I was disgusting even, even then. <laughs> I would be so tired taking that shower that I would be like, I just got to sit down for a little bit. And I sit down and I remember waking up at like six in the morning <laughs> <laughs> and just like the cold water beating against my pruny body. And I'm like, fuck. <laughs> why, why do, why do public schools have school so early? Oh dude, I don't know. I don't but know. that's, those are the only times I've ever Such fallen asleep in the shower. Awful, awful, awful idea. Oh man. And you know that so we're staying up late bad. too. We're teenagers. We're, yeah. you know, we're gaming with the boys. Old Jerking school off, playing video games, all kinds of stuff. Simpler times, simpler times, okay. way simpler times. Um, uh, life up. <laughs> yeah, li- yeah, life updates. Mm-hmm. Who wants to start? You started last time. Yeah, I thought you right? said you wanted. Yeah, to Yeah, you said that you wanted to start things. Oh, I, I was talking about the intro. Um, what did I do then? Um, the last week, um, Destiny Two came out. Uh, the new Destiny Two came out. The new expansion for Destiny Two came out. That mm-hmm. came out Tuesday, so I was play- playing that for a little bit. Um, I was telling Robert earlier. I was rewatching Dragon Ball Kai. It's been fun. Um. Just kind of seeing like then I mainly really wanted to rewatch like the first like two sagas like the Saiyan and like the Namek saga because like that I obviously watched when I was much younger classics and I, yeah but it's honestly rewatching it it's actually been really great like um seeing like how we know like Dragon Ball before when it was like much simpler and okay. now it's like power scaled the shit out of but um what else um excited for Elden Ring tomorrow that's gonna be hype mm-hmm. um we'll get into that a little bit later but um. Not too much for me besides Destiny. It's been fun. We'll talk about that later, too. What about you, Ryan? Uh, let's see. Man, I've just been doing stuff for Polk Nation, honestly. At least another track. Hey. Uh, so that's out. He's been on the grind. Um, music video is out for it, too. So go ahead and check it out. Pretty exciting. Um, let's see. What else? Where can we check that you video? You bought a car. Uh, we Spotify. You uh, YouTube Music. Mm-hmm. Uh iTunes. What what other streaming platform? Napster. <laughs> Napster. Oh, <yeah. laughs> Bringing it pretty, back. Pretty much every music like streaming platform. Bulk Nation is on. Or you got to cast the wide net, man. Yeah, we we just we just put it out. And I'm pretty excited for it. Uh, I think I've been working on the new EP just about every night for at least three hours. Um, and honestly, that isn't like too much time for working on on music. But but you're doing it every day. Yeah, I'm, oh, I'm doing it every day, and I'm also have like my normal day job that I'm doing and doing the gym as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I did get a car, but if you guys remember from a previous nice. podcast, I did say that I got a different one and I realized that I've got my father's indecisive gene. So, mm. so what'd you end up deciding on? So hundred percent this time it's the Bronco. Nice. Order's okay. already in. 
Don't need to worry about it anymore. Is it a, is it a, a regular Bronco? Or it's a regular. It's just a regular car because the the only electric car that I'm interested in is the Cybertruck, and that shit ain't gonna come out for a hot minute. Well, that's what Tesla, right? Yeah, that's a Tesla. Yeah, they have. They also have like the most charging ports around the U.S. Because um, I I watched a video where um this dude and like his team it was three pe- it was three teams one of them had a Tesla one of them had a Mustang Mach E and then one of them had just like a regular gas car mm-hmm. and they did a like a. 72 hour road trip and can you guess which car came in first the regular car right yeah. what came in second probably the mustang no it, it was the tesla oh. oh so the the surprising thing is that the time difference between them so obviously the the gas car got there first yeah how many hours do you think it took for the tesla to catch up to it so it like there's like a, che- there like a checkpoint because of uh, charging and you have to charge 45 so minutes Wow, oh, really? It's within 45 minutes. Wow. With the Mustang, the problem is that with their charging stations, most of the time when they try to find one, because like when, when you have an electric car, it tells you where all the charging stations are. Yeah. Uh, most of them are broken. So oh, wow. they would what have to go way out of the way to find a charging station that actually worked. Whereas Tesla, it's a little bit more expensive to use their charging stations, but they're they work flawlessly. Are charging stations like ubiquitous? So like I could use my t- like I could take my Mustang charge electric car to a Tesla charger, or it's different ports. No, Tesla is completely different. Th- think of it as like I uh, think they use different adapters though. Yeah, it's yeah. like a, so there's like the normal electric cars. It's pretty much all electric cars, and then there's Tesla. Yeah, uh, and they're, yep. they're they're totally yep. different, so okay. you can't gotcha. charge it in any of them. Um, because because Derek actually his car is like part electric, and with. Uh, with his, he can use any of the charging ports that like the Mustang Mach-E can use. But for like, if you have a Tesla, you can only use the Tesla ones. And there's way more Tesla charging stations, and they're like, they're significantly faster than the Mustang one. I think it took like an, on average like an hour to charge the Mustang. Yeah. It takes like 20 minutes for a Tesla. Yeah. To go like all the way up. So when I do get an electric car, it's definitely going to be a Tesla. It's just the one I wanted to get isn't going to be out for fucking forever so yeah i mean electric cars are more definitely suited for like what is it like the city environment or whatever <laughs> but that's pretty cool to hear like like kind of like a long trip like that it was yeah it was actually a really interesting video similar. uh i because like i was doing a fuck ton of research on what car to get and i kind of just figured that like you like you guys said you could just use whatever charging station but it's very much so like tesla's a cult so that's so surprising like to me though that it yeah. only took 45 minutes more yeah, it, I mean, it was like, insanely close. Like with a gas car, it's like you literally pull up, you gas up, and then you go. It takes less than mm-hmm. five minutes. With like a with like a any sort of electric car, if you like do the fast Granted, charging, it, it, it could was, take anywhere from like thirty two minutes to an hour. So yeah, like, but if you're gonna, if they probably weren't driving seventy. Were they driving seventy two hours straight, straight, or did they like sleep someplace? They they had to have some rule, so you could only go the speed limit. Okay. And you had to go to a landmark and take a picture, and then stop at the same uh, hotel. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so. It sounds like a Top Gun skit. The thing is, they <laughs> also Top used Gun, um, Top like gear. they use they also use like a really really high end Tesla. It was like the Model S Plaid, which is like a it's like a hundred and ten thousand dollar car or something like that. I bet that has like the extended range. Yeah, it has like oh, the extended gotcha. range and everything. Sounds, and I think they used an Audi, Audi e-tron. Like, no, it wasn't the e-tron. It was Audi Q5 or something. Okay, it was something like that. It was one of their uh, crossover SUVs, and uh, I I don't know like how big the tank size is, but. I don't have to pay for uh, premium gas anymore, but it seems like that's not going to matter because of all the craziness that's going on in the world. So mm-hmm. we, uh, we got to buckle down on uh, the shit storm that's coming for us. Uh, but yeah, so that's my life update. Right. So I got on a little tangent. No, for sure. I always, I always think like technology like that is just so dope. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, well, we're fucking podcasts about video games, but 
I digress. Okay. We talk about whatever we want. We're hyped about yeah, all we're, kinds of stuff. Exactly, exactly. We are, we are uh, Renaissance men. There you yeah. go. That's the term. Oh, mm-hmm. I like that. We're like Plato, Socrates, and... Uh, well, the modern day who, right who, here. Uh, <laughs> who else? Uh, uh, Aristotle. Aristotle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there we go. Michelangelo. Yeah. All those guys. Um, I've, been, uh, I've been good. Life update for me. Um, definitely just uh, continuing to learn, continue to just, you know, I feel like... It's a, it's a very interesting path when you decide to branch out your own and just kind of push your skills. You know, um, you can kind of get distracted. Well, not distracted per se, but it's like, you know, I always come find myself coming back and describing it to like a video game, right? And it's like, well, there's no there's no guides. I mean, there are guides you could look up per se, but like you, you can spec into anything you want, right? So it's like, how do you know I'm putting my skill points into the right thing? Because like with the... With a normal game, you can look up like, oh, like World of Warcraft, Fire Mage, most optimal built for most DPS. You can't do that in real life. You have to find out for yourself the most useful time. Some people can do it in real life. Granted, they're like born into it. You know? No, yeah. I mean, if you have the resources to like hire, you know, someone who's like a, a professional and you have enough money to and clout to get them to personally train you and streamline that process. Yeah, it's like if you're the the, the child of like a famous movie actor or something. Oh, or true, 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 true. Like... Is a life mu- that much more difficult for you? Probably not. No, probably not. Um, but yeah, I uh, I right now I'm doing a project in Cinema 4D where I had I have like an infinite loop of like a retro wave city, and I'm I exported it. Took the render took fucking forever, but I exported it out in seven different layers so that when I bring it into After Effects and I do compositing, I could control the specific the specific ones exactly. Yeah. So like I could change the color of the fog, the sky, the sun. I could sub the sun out for like the Broke Nation logo. I could put I can control the the color on the buildings. Ultimate and, form of advertisement. There we go. Yeah, there we go. Imagine that just going outside see a big sun. How how sun rough is. how rough was that on your uh, CPU? Um, it wasn't that bad. Um, I, my CPU is just, I mean, the render took like seven hours, but, um, wow. I wouldn't say how big is rough. the file. It's pretty big. Cause the way that you export it from, uh, cinema 4d is you're not exporting it as a video. You're exporting it as a PNG sequence. So mm. it takes every single frame of the one minute loop and it makes the, it splits it into eight versions. Cause I have the eight different multi layers and then it's rendering all that. So each frame is a PNG. So yes, each frame is a PNG. So it's like, Ugh, so gosh. 24 frames a second. It's one PNG's minute. high so quality too, right? 60 yeah. multi-track had seven layers. So it was rendering 10,000 images at, at 1080, 1080, 920, 1080. Mm, okay. So yeah, it took yeah. a while. Yeah. So each image is probably like, what, three megabytes? I think in total, for, with all the images combined, it's almost like 10 gigabytes of photos. Damn. Yeah, that's a lot, man. Mm-hmm. God damn. Like, that's a, that's a tenth of Call of Duty. But it's it, that is what gives you ultimate control, and that's what you need to know about compositing for. So, mm. like when you bring in a video, the only thing you could do is edit the video. Or if you have masks, then that's a whole other topic. But essentially, yes, you have more control this way. And now, like if we want, if I want to repurpose this project with a different color color scheme, a different theme, uh, add new elements, it's really easy for me to just go in there and change things up uh, very simply, mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to like. Um, having to go back into Cinema 4D, remodel things, re-render things. Like, I don't have to render anything else. I'm good. I'm out of Cinema 4D. I don't have to go back unless I come up with a completely different idea. Okay, that's cool. But I've been learning a lot. I love After Effects. That has been, like, since I started, like, taking all this seriously back in December, I fucking love After Effects. It's such a, it's such a cool, powerful program. You see their shit everywhere. Um, so, like, one of the... 
one of like the most basic things you can do in After Effects is that thing that I was telling you where it's just like a circle and you mm-hmm. have a visualizer around it. Mm-hmm. I see that shit fucking everywhere. They have it in uh, Forza Horizon. Mm-hmm. Literally everywhere. That's like the most basic thing you can do. It goes so much deeper. <laughs> it definitely does. I thought you were about to the do the Mexican hole. accent again. Um, yeah. Um, but it's. It, I know it's really, right? for me at least, you know, like uh, in my, over the years learning, like I learned Adobe Illustrator first and then Photoshop and those were fine. And then I touched After Effects before this for sure, but it was always like so intimidating. And I was like, I don't understand what's going on. Like the knobs and the effects. Honestly, once you do like one or two projects, you're fine. So mm. if anyone's listening to this and you're like, and you're any form of digital artist and After Effects is not in your toolkit yet, I highly encourage you to take the time, go on Skillshare, pay 10 bucks, find, you know, one of the highest rated tutorials to do like a, a cute little animation walkthrough. the walk third time you mentioned them, man. We got to get sponsored by them now. Bro, it's a great resource. $10 a month and you have people who are, uh, dude, I'll have Skillshare tutorials. Ryan's going to have Skillshare tutorials one day for sure. You'll have Skillshare. We all. It's so easy. You make an account, you upload stuff. It's like, wow, this guy's got We're not sponsored by Skillshare, by the way. We're not, but <laughs> I love the service. I have used them as like a crux of my self-education for the last like five years. So uh, it's good. I definitely recommend it. I should I should do a tutorial on one of the so- tracks that I did because I think, so the, the track that I just released, Distracticon, is probably the best mix song I have and probably the most complicated one. Mm-hmm. And it, it I, I feel like that's like the... I, I kind of feel like you get to a point where you plateau in your skill set and you start to hone in on your specific style yeah, or for sure. sound or, you know, art, whatever. Like you figure out what your style is and mm-hmm. how you do things and you start to polish that. I think Distractor Cun is exactly like my peak of where I want to be uh, in terms of like sound design and mixing and everything. So I'm kind of thinking that like I should make a Skillshare now because I, I want to teach people mm-hmm. how to do this shit because for some reason... Like, let's say that you want to learn how to do mastering it. Every tutorial I've ever looked up, whether it's from Getter or Marshmallow or fucking Dead Mouse, for some reason, it's just like an industry standard not to tell people how to master. And I, I never understood why. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just like a trick, like a trick that you don't reveal to anyone because that's where people make a lot of money. It's, they, it's, it's so expensive. Like, if, you, if I want to find someone to teach me how to master... It's like $100 for a two-hour course or something. It's yeah. like something insane, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so I would like to like make that resource readily available. It sounds like Skillshare. If you got, if Skillshare, if you're listening, you know, hit us up. Um, uh, well, I, I, I want to do the same thing on YouTube for um, this next project that I'm going to tackle. I actually want to record myself and break it up into like little tutorials. But we've had this conversation where a lot of the things that we've taught ourselves and like our respective specialties, like... Bro, I remember coming up and you have really had to dig for good resources online for these kind of more niche digital things. Like, I don't know, like business and kind of more like surface level skill sets, I guess. But for for things like 3D modeling, um, it's a lot more popular now. There's a lot more resources now for sure. But, um, you know, a lot of the times we think like, why would anyone want to learn from me? You know, there's people like uh, Deadmau5 who's been in the industry 20 plus, 30 plus years and he's been doing it. But the thing is, you know, when I look at Dead Mouse and I wanted to get into audio mixing, Dead Mouse is so far beyond what I'm capable of right now. But if see, I- you'd be surprised, man. At least with mixing and mastering and stuff, like specifically mm-hmm. just music, mm-hmm. it's it's really not that difficult. The one thing, see, now, now you got me pissed off because I remember watching this one video. Well, my my thought was just that I would relate more to you as someone who's come up recently because you have recently gone through the climb I want to do. You are. You are essentially where I'm directly aiming to get to, mm-hmm. as opposed to 
dead mouse, you know, I, I think that you can vibe with my pain more and you would target the things that I would want to know more than dead mouse. For sure, dude. You you can you can hit all of those levels. Like the thing that I was gonna say was that there when I was like learning all this music and mixing and mastering shit, I like I was starting to think that I had to go to school for it. Right. Like there's uh there's a school here in, in Orlando called Full Sail that has like all those kinds of resources. And I was starting to think like damn maybe I should like try to take a course on it or something, but I'm not going to get into that rant, but like when I was learning how to do it, it's, it's pretty much the exact same thing that every other artist does. Mm -hmm. And there's like a couple thing, couple rules that you kind of have to abide by. And then other than that, you can kind of make it whatever way that you want to. There isn't like a rule on this is how you have to make music. It's not like a, everything is mainly done by like just kind of doing it on your own. Yeah. You, there, there's so many ways to get from point A to point B is what mm. I'm saying. But like, if you're trying to build an engine, there, there isn't as much uh, leeway or creativity. I'll, I'll, I'll say, mm. but like if I'm trying to get something to like this loudness, there's like seven different ways you can do it. And none of them are wrong, especially with the music that I make dubstep. There's no fucking rules in it, man. That shit. You just make that shit loud. And that's really all you have to worry about. <laughs> But anyways, I heard personal updates are done. Personal I do updates done. Last thing is I, uh, I do want to have like an episode where we all kind of like talk. Oh, I brought it up in the chat earlier, but I think it'd be cool if you guys agree. Um, let us know. But I think it'd be cool if we had an episode where we all just kind of like talked about like our come up and like, you know, um, Skillshare presents. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, episode 15. and kind of like giving people who want to learn about 3D modeling for like real uh, real time systems or pre-rendered systems about audio or game dev. Um, about audio or like production, stage production, like we all can give insight to that and be mm -hmm. like the things we wish we knew when we were starting out, because I'm sure we we all have a long, long list there. Yeah, I, honestly, like, all the things that I would cover, mm -hmm. you could probably cover in like two hours. And that's like after me researching it for like a year, yeah. just piecing together little bullshit videos. Mm -hmm. um, but anyways, what's uh, what's the what's the topic for today, fellas? I guess we're going we're going round robin because I'm winging it today. Heard. I don't have a topic. We're, I think uh, we're just going to kind of touch on a couple notable things that have happened this month in terms of the gaming industry and space. And then we're going to end with uh, a primer for uh, Souls-like games. So kind of giving people, uh, you know, people who, you know, if you if you aren't a fan or you haven't played them or you, you don't know what Elden Ring is, we'll essentially get a set up. Next episode is going to be an Elden Ring. So mm -hmm. we're setting it up and giving you guys the kind of little, little rundown mm -hmm. um, so that, you know, next episode when we talk about Elden Ring for an hour and a half, you know, you guys will have that context. Um, but yeah, who wants to start us off? You know. you want to talk I, about, I, I um, feel like Vega hasn't talked much like the past 10 minutes. No, you guys are just talking about cars. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's okay. Plus, he's going to go to the bathroom eventually. So. Oh, yeah. We, we got to talk some sports shit. Um, so one of my topics was um, I Lost Ark. And, uh, you know, Lost Ark came out this month. And around lunch, you know, the hype is up and everyone's streaming it and all that, but I've been keeping up with it and I'm still playing it and just wanted to give some of my post-launch uh, critiques and kind of thoughts on the game and why I think it's going to stand the test of time. And if I end up being wrong, sorry, uh, podcast listeners from years from now, but... Uh, some folks in the chat are excited about the Lost Ark uh, documentation that you're about to go over, so... Oh my gosh. You better be all correct. So, uh, <laughs> you know, just to remind you guys, Lost Ark is a um, MMORPG that came out uh, at the beginning of February. It is by Smilegate, um, and they are, I believe, a Korean developer. They have a couple other notable titles. Um, if you're into gacha games or mobile gaming, they have Epic Seven. Uh, they have an FPS that they develop as well. 
Um, and yeah, uh, Lost Ark has been out for about three Crossfire. years. Crossfire, that's what it was. Uh, Lost Ark's been out for about three years, um, and we just got, so it came out, but it was really just a global release because the game has been out for years already. Mm-hmm. So in terms of um, kind when of like- it come out in, here? I'm actually curious about that. 2019, I think, what? 2018? Well, what when came it came out? out initially in like mm-hmm. in Korea. Okay, yeah, December 4th, 2019. Epic yeah. 7? No, Lost Ark. Oh, Lost Ark. Epic 7's been out around the same time, though, because it's been about three-ish years, I think, as well. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, Lost Ark's really cool. Or The global release is really special because, you know, uh, every MMO gets slapped on the wrist for the same thing. You come out and people are like, oh, I went through all the content in like three days, right? But the game developer actually sat down um, and there was a, a delay in the initial release because he wanted to... He essentially included the first two major expansions of the game, and he wanted to make sure that that was all in the game on launch for global, <coughs> and that's why the game got released. He actually, yeah. uh, it was funny, in an interview, he was talking shit about Amazon, because the game is produced by Amazon, um, that Amazon put out a statement like, hey, Lost Ark got delayed, but they didn't give any context. And then he came out in that interview with like, yeah, I'm really mad because Amazon just came out and said the game got delayed, but it was because I wanted to put in tier, the, it's called tier three, but it's the second expansion to the game um, to make sure the players had that on release. Mm. And I got to say, man, it's been like, I think two, three weeks at this point, And like people have obviously reached to like the end game, but like people are still chugging through the content. There's still plenty to do. Uh, the combat still feels great. You know, progression feels um, really engaging when you get now, instead of being on the front end, I'm on like the back end of almost hitting level 50, um, you know, progressing through the later stages of the map, fighting harder enemies. I still feel like the difficulty scaling for the game is great. You know, like I act, I have to actively engage and think about where I'm going and what I'm doing. Um, and and uh, the combos all look flashy. I have more control in my build because as you level up, you get more skill points to kind of like pick which spells. And are there still raids and such? Yeah, there's no actually. So the one thing that uh, there are no raids right now. There are like end game dungeons and like. Dungeons. So how many how many people or can be in one dungeon? One dungeon is four, and okay. then there's content that includes more than four people. They're like bigger dungeons, but the raids per se. Um, so another cool thing that the developer said is that he wants you know um, tier one or like base game and like this, the first expansion had raids. But, you know, obviously that would be old content by the time if released in this fashion. So mm-hmm. he said that he did not include them in the global release because he wants to repurpose them and re like essentially remake them uh, for like end games. So it's like, I guess, if someone took all the wa- vanilla and Burning Crusade raids and like essentially made them Wrath of the Lich King viable and like put all that out together. OK. And that's really cool. So we have we're looking forward to that. But like, you know, even the people who are getting the sweatiest of the sweaty, like you know, are still kind of chugging and like ascending the ladder. Like the game requires, it's it's not even worth it to really grind it that hard, but I mean, people are just going to do it anyway. So now is there a lapse in content between like what's on the global release and what's on the Korean release? Um, so right now the way the Lost Ark is segmented, there's uh, the European server or global, which is Europe and America. Um, you have the Japanese server and then you have um, the Korean one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think it's like, the Korean one is in the front, and then it's the Japanese server, and then being just released, we are a couple months behind the Japanese server. Okay, so they they like tier it for the different like. Yes, but he's okay. he's gone on the record and state that now that the game is out, essentially in every region that it can be out, he wants to bring them all together and unify them. I feel like that would make the most sense, like logistically. Would oh, it not? That that sounds like a fucking nightmare for content, though. Oh yeah, because uh, the way that I'm thinking about it. It was already a pain from uh, like the teams that I've been on because 
you know, like for the NBA, that's a global product. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when I first started out in the industry, I just had to worry about North America because outside of that, no one cares about you know American football. Like when you start incorporating different regions, then you have to. Uh, there's a lot of little nuanced things that you, people don't think about. So like whenever you make new content, it all has to get translated yep. into like eleven different languages, which is a process in itself. We have an entire team dedicated to that, and we kind of at least with like the way that ours is, everyone's on like the same prod server or production server, so they're all synced to the same content. But dude, if you're doing like region lock and then the region lock is also content lock and now you want to try to reunify them that sounds like that they they have to have either a really 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 good tools or uh, a fair amount of developers supporting that game because that just sounds like a fuck ton of stuff to do i think that with the amazon money they they did, okay yeah yeah they, i forgot they're published by amazon. they they did get enough to kind of make this release and the, the sustaining of the game uh viable in this capacity um so i think they, they got the team but I don't know. I have faith in the the company and the dev studio. Like they've been handling it really well. <laughs> how's, how's that other MMO that Amazon published? Oh fucking New, New World. World. Fuck that. Oh game. yeah. Is oh is New World out? Yeah, oh, New World's yeah? been out. No, no, yeah. no. I mean, like it's out of here. Oh like, it's out, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, out yeah. of the. I mean, I thought it was like a good game. I, it's for, for, at launch. I I think the concept's great, but it's just uh, too many like problems with the game. I mean, it's just a thing, you know. Uh, an MMO in and of itself is uh, just such a big game to put out, and um, you know, seeing and uh, no game exists in a vacuum. You put out a game and something like this, you need to see what the players engage with. You can right. you can think of the systems and test uh, as hard as you can, but ultimately, if you put out the game and the players, it's 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 in the way of the players or the players are completely neglecting certain systems, then they've just had to like fundamentally change so much about the game over the last couple of months. And like when you put in the nature of an MMO, you put in 50, 80, a hundred, 200 hours into something. And then they change the game in a way that invalidates all the work that you just did. It's kind of like, oh, wow. oh, this is not good. Yeah. So is it going to be like a hyperscape kind of game or Anthem kind of game? Um, or it's like, it's big, like the first, couple days couple weeks and then it's just i feel like that's like for a lot of games though honestly the, the dev team seems still very dedicated to kind of work on it so I, i'm there's still a chance that like a year from now it'll be like a no man's sky situation so we'll you know it'll be like on release you know the game had all this going on for it so what they did was they they trimmed a lot of the fat they streamlined it they they took care of the user base and kind of built it up um mm -hmm. so it's definitely possible should if no man's sky could do it like any game could technically coming do out it. on switch pretty soon there you catch go. our most recent episode as we dive into your, that nintendo direct um so it's possible i don't know anthem though anthem was a different story because anthem can, was, I, can I just say how beautiful that game looks? It's a beautiful... You were watching... Why were you watching it the other day? I saw that you had an anthem up on your screen. I'm not allowed to say. Oh, okay. Never mind. Sorry. Yeah, I'm not allowed to say why. <laughs> My bad. But, but uh, yeah, I, I was watching some gameplay of Anthem and... Dude, like just like the way the game looks, it's a beautiful and, like, game. The the controls and like mm -hmm. the gameplay, the gameplay looked great and the visual style looked great. Like flying, like I felt like I was watching Iron Man mm -hmm. the game or something. Like Marvel, if you want to make a fucking Iron Man game, get that team. The artist did phenomenal. The artist yeah, for that game, beautiful dude. The animations were clean. Mm -hmm. All the you know the explosions and shit. That's just, I guess, it's just a total failure of systems, though. Yes. The people, because, you know, you had internet detectives looking at all the promotional <laughs> videos. <laughs> Bro, but I mean... Internet it, detectives. Dude, I remember... A.K.A. Sweats. Logging into r slash fucking Anthem 
the game during that whole like four month period it was like one of the favorite things i did because i'd be in class bored as fuck and i'm like yo i already know there's gonna be some fucking crazy shit on here bro it was chaos Dude, in that that's subreddit. what i did for battlefront 2 when that game uh was coming out and it was it was right as bro, an accomplishment it happened. was chaos in that yeah. subreddit man um oh, people didn't want to hear anything and, and and someone would there'd be some posts that got like twenty thousand upvotes and new every day where it's like you know uh in this a video of e3 2017 you could see that like they're doing this dungeon which corresponds to this dungeon and they're doing a run and they do it and they get like these epic drops and like they're telling us and showing us that like you do things and the game rewards you and you get these gold drops and it's super easy and you use that and you open up the menu and you see that there's all these aesthetic weapons that you can equip and then you do it in the in our release and there's like a 0.01 chance for anything like that to drop. Mm -hmm. Everything looks the same. Mm -hmm. Any uh, substantial cosmetics you have to pay for. There's no free mm -hmm. in-game cosmetics. You know, one of, one of the funny things I remember uh, when I was reading up about Anthem was that the the damage scaling from uh, like the common weapon, like mm -hmm. the level one common weapon to like a legendary or whatever it was. Did more damage. Yeah. Yeah. Like it. Like the um, the time to kill was higher on that thing for some reason. Yeah. I don't remember it was, why. It was so funny because like somebody just had it was like a Reddit like internet detective that literally went on and was like, "Guys, I figured something out." And if somebody on Reddit goes on there and like figures out that big of a flaw in like your systems for your game, yeah, that's rough, man. It's bad. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's pretty fucking. Rough. I want to find that thread now because I remember, I, I remember that, watching like, the video and being like, okay, so he equips the, the common gun and he can like three shot it. And then like when he equips the legendary, it's like six shots or something. Yeah, and I'm just like, what the fuck? Yeah, it's it took oof. him like 20 hours to get that gun too. Oof. So what wasn't worth it. Yeah. So that then that's a uh, anthem rip. No, I think that new Yo, world 13 viewers. New the most we've ever had. <laughs> Shout out viewers. What's up? What's up? Make sure you like comment. Well, I guess you can't comment. Well, you can comment. Yeah, yeah, give us a chat. You know. Yeah, we'll have this on YouTube, but at least follow us on, on um, Twitch. But yeah, um, uh, yeah, Anthem was just a dumpster fire. I think that New World is not to that point. Um, yeah. But if they if they don't want to do anything, so um, do you think they will continue to support it, or do you think they have to? There's way too much money in New World, yeah. right? Uh, I think as Amazon's first for well, how much money was in a lot of other games that have been like released. Like, you're right. I mean, I mean, even Anth fair. Anthem itself. You know, I'm sure there was a lot of money in that game, but yeah, but they get recouped by FIFA money. FIFA and Madden money can recoup all that shit. Uh, we'll see. I'll I'll go back to Anthem um, probably in like four or five months, and I'll I'll give it a try. But mm -hmm. I'm just uh, the fact that Anthem was sixty dollars on release, and like the game was in the state that it was, and like Lost Ark was free. Like you can literally do everything that I've done in the game and pay zero bucks. I paid zero bucks. You know, actually, I bought one of the packs. I bought like a ten dollar pack. But <laughs> <laughs> um, do you have any waifus? Uh, I am a waifu, bro. That is the one thing. Oh my goodness! This is the first game that I'm not playing a male character. Like the fact that certain classes were gender locked, I've I've always like looked at games and been like, man, that's kind of lame. But you know, in Lost Stars, I th I don't think it's that actually that that big of a deal. It makes sense. I feel like it does make sense. Yeah. You know, I can't. I honestly, I can't really explain why, but in this game, it does make sense. Mm. Um. Oh, because like different classes and genders come from different parts of the world. So like. You know, culturally within the scope of the game, I guess it makes sense for certain, like, you wouldn't have, like, a a, a male human city sorceress, I guess. Or I got a spicy question. Oh. Are there, like, trans characters or any kind of, like, gender-fluid characters um, that they account for? No, I don't or think is that, so. Or is it just strictly so. binary? It's pretty no, just it's strictly yeah. binary. Because yeah. there's either, there's classes 
And then there's like some classes will have a male and female distinction. Mm-hmm. Oh, or mm-hmm. so you can be a mage, but you can be a male mage would be like a warlock, but then like a female mage will be like a in a sense. But they have to come. Yeah. The the thing is, they don't have a male mage in the game yet. So like when they do come out with a male mage, it will be something like that. They won't have the same name. They're 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 dif- they're different uh, classes that operate similarly, but they are their own thing. So then that sounds like how um have you guys ever played or heard of Star Wars: The Old Republic? Yeah, 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 I played. Okay, it so you know how like in the factions, like one of them's a bounty hunter, but then the other one's a commando. I don't want to talk about the Republic, mm-hmm. man. So is, is it like that? Legend. It's oh. not the same thing though. They're similar, but every every class and every gender so each class, class is unique. Yes, they all have their okay. own kind of like ultimate yes. ability. There's within like the like if it's like the male fighter and the female fighter, there's obviously some crossover, but like ultimately mm-hmm. they do have their own distinct kit. It's not they're not one in one. Yo, shout out King of Overkill. What's going on, homie? What's going on, brother? He says that we're awesome. We finally got to catch a live episode, so that's awesome. Bro, there we go. There we go. Yeah, I was just wondering because <clears throat> with with all that talk of like the the trans community, etc., I kind of figure with like a game like that big. No, you're right. I see what you're getting at, but Be- because that's what they did with Apex, mm-hmm. um, Bloodhound, because mm-hmm. that character is voiced by a female, and I think I'm pretty sure they refer to him or refer to uh, Bloodhound as they. Oh. And he like in the lore, he's considered gender fluid. And I think uh, Gibraltar is gay, too. You have to understand. And, and this is an interesting conversation for sure. We've touched on it a couple of times. And uh, I think in the uh, anime and the East is influence on the gaming industry. We touched on this, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, gaming uh, has presence. And uh, there's a lot of uh, gaming, I guess, uh, influence that the West puts in the zeitgeist. But you know, you have to understand that a game that's made and developed not in the West is not yeah. going to have the same values. It's not going to place the same importance on certain things. Well, that's what I was wondering, like how <clears throat> I, I was just curious about with the way that that region is specifically, if they're taking that kind of stuff into consideration I, or if it's just like way bigger over here in the U.S. or North America. You know, people do talk shit about America, but the thing is, like, I, you know, every country has its problems. America, sir, I'm not some apologist. I understand oh that. Oh, boy, here we go. We're getting political. That America, well, I, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I kidding, understand America has done some things, but, you know, there, there I think other countries are still, you know, uh, at least from my perspective, there's bigoted people. Yeah, and like, we're paving the way for sure. Exactly, you know. Um, Especially when, like, I think you could say that um, with with those kinds of countries, I know that Japan, so I didn't know this, it's one of the oldest countries uh, in the world mm-hmm. where, like, a f- I think it's, like, over a fifth of the population is over 60. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was, like, a really interesting statistic, which kind of makes sense because every time I've ever read about, like, their culture, they're very traditional and reserved. Yeah. So it, they're not like loud and obnoxious, whereas like their entertainment. Yeah, respectful is a good way to put it. Like mm-hmm. if I went to Japan, I know that certain places would turn me away because I have visible tattoos. Mm-hmm. And that that pretty much means that I'm part of the Yakuza, which is like the essentially the mafia or the mob, whatever the fuck over there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, I'm just wondering about stuff like that, because I do think that the U.S. does a do does do a good job, and especially the developers here in the U.S. about all that inc- uh, inclusivity mm-hmm. type of stuff. So I, I definitely feel like there's been a, a, a push for uh, inclusivity and accessibility. That's, that's, sure. that's been a growing movement in yeah. games yeah, yeah. for like yeah, the last sure. five years. Uh, and it's good to see because, you know, um, the fact that there are some games, if you look in the settings, they have a deaf mode. You know, they have... Yeah, colorblind. Yeah, colorblind. Shit, yeah. They have uh, someone go in and literally dub or sub the entire game just so if you can't hear and like game is a very auditory experience, you still can have play the game. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really cool. That's yeah. really cool. That's definitely good. Um, but again, 
there are other places in the world that aren't going to put that kind of stuff in there, which mm -hmm. is unfortunate. But we do pave the way with that kind of stuff. So Sidebar in that, I saw this video one time. I, I just thought this was interesting because we were talking about accessibility of a blind person explaining how they use an iPhone. And like they were using it like and it made sense, everything that they were doing. And you would never think like use your phone every day. You would never think they have all those things built in. But there's a ton of accessibility like options in there that you have for you to use a phone. Oh. Very, yeah, a blind person. Well, was it blind that. or like legally blind? No, like completely blind. Like, fully, yeah, it was really cool. Um, but yeah, I just thought I'd mention right. the new uh, One Piece character is trans. Do you guys follow uh, One, One Piece, Piece at all? I, I do not know. Cool. I mean, uh, yes, that's what I've been listening to a while. I, I was about to watch one episode, uh -huh. and then um, when I went to Vero to visit my family, and I was talking to my little brother Derek about it. Bro, I, there ain't no way in hell I'm going to start something that has like a thousand chapters or some shit. <laughs> it's literally or like a thousand episodes of <laughs> granted, every, a lot of content. Everyone who's fan will always be like, but it's so good. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't care. It's so long. <laughs> yeah. Fuck, fuck that. I'm not trying to jump into that. Um, but yeah, it was just a, that's well, a that was an interesting conversation that we mm -hmm. just had to kind of send from from New World and Lost Ark. So that's great. Uh, was there anything else that you wanted to add to that, or uh, we we could pivot? I'll have another topic. Do you think the future of Lost Ark is 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 in good hands? Oh yeah, for sure. Yes, have yes, they yes, had yes, a yes, good yes, track yes. record since they came out in Korea? Yeah. Is it like, better than the Genshin no. Impact developers? Uh, yes, for sure. Uh, so like literally during the development team, Who's like Genshin, is it Mihoyo? Mihoyo, yeah. Um, during during development, there was a crowdfunded effort for um. Essentially, the the dev staff promised certain content, and they were working overtime to make sure it was good for the the players. So the players raised like fifty thousand dollars to put advertisements in like the the city square of wherever the the dev studio was. On the way to work, they take the subway, and they know that they take the subway to get to that part of town. So they mm -hmm. paid for a bunch of like flyers and billboards saying thank you for like making the game and thank you for working so hard. So like all the devs would see these billboards and it's like essentially them saying like, it's like, oh, thank you for making Lost Ark and stuff. And that's really cool. Man, so it seems like that. Okay, so here's a good question with, with Lost Ark. How aggressive are the transactions? Not aggressive, not at all. I, you, are, are there any interstitials? What does that mean? So you're playing the game and you do something and it's just like, uh, uh, like as a very simple example, you hit level seven with your Pokemon. Buy this offer right now, and you can get them up to level ten right no, now. Yeah, that's that's very mobile gamey. Um, no, I wouldn't say so. I think that whenever the game no, because you could just look in your mailbox. Um, if you buy anything, like if you got like the the founders pack, or whatever. Mm -hmm. Those items are redeemed through the cash shop because there's like a paid item inbox that exists in that menu. Um, but that makes sense because like For things sure. the game gives you through like login rewards, that's just your, that's your normal mailbox. So they have like a login calendar. They have like a battle pass or season pass or some shit like that. No battle pass at the moment. They do have a login calendar. They do have uh, dates that come up. But for the most part, like what do they monetize on? Then? It's just skins, convenience items. Oh, so, um, so quality of life stuff and cosmetic quality of life stuff and cosmetic. And the fact that like you could. There's a couple different currencies. I won't get into it because it's just a bunch of nitty gritty stuff. Is it like a premium currency, a pseudo premium, then a free? Yes. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. So if you wanted to, you can convert the premium currency to the pseudo premium currency in order to. And there's been a lot of debate about this, that people think it's pay to win. But the thing is, mm -hmm. when you actually look at it, it's really not because you 
like you may be progressing or you may be progressing faster, but ultimately like the edge you get from there, like where you use it's it. It's minimal at best. Yeah, it's minimal. It's negligible. And also the game's PVE. So like, mm. you know, PVP is people are like, oh, well, well in PVP, uh, if I verse this guy who spent a million dollars in his account, it's like PVP is equalized. So yeah. if you, if me and you are going to do PVP, they give me a thousand stat points and you a thousand stat points, you make a preset build like that and we go oh, into PVP. Oh, that's mm. pretty cool. So... From Brian, he's saying pay to progress faster? Yes, exactly. Pay to progress. Okay, pay to progress. Gotcha. But the thing is that you you can't win. If you if your strict goal is to use your bank account to beat uh, Yeah, so if some, I put down ten grand into this game, would I be able to beat you? Um I don't you still here's the thing. You, I'm gonna say no because it's not a you would still have to play the game though. Ten grand is not gonna get you to the end of the game. Ten grand ten grand's 20? not ten twenty grand's not gonna get you 40. to you know, uh, level cap, it's, you still have to play the game. That's okay. the thing. So if I'm playing the game every day and doing my dailies and like doing, engaging with the content the game wants me to engage in, and you just spent 20 grand, but you're not playing the game, I'm going to win because a, a lot of things are, pro- are locked behind oh, progression. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that kind of sounds like then it would be if you're a level one and all the skills in RuneScape, but you have all the quality of life stuff unlocked. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean you get to level 99. It, you still have to play to yes. get to level 99. Exactly. It's a lot yeah. easier for like you to that. get there. Mm-hmm. Okay, I gotcha. Makes sense. So you could start a fresh account and you could spend like, you know, $10,000 to get $10,000 worth of RuneScape gold and it'll make it easier, but mm-hmm. you can't buy level 99 mining. Gotcha. You, you, still, you still have, have to, to mine. Go through it. Okay, I understand. <clears throat> All right. All right. My turn? Your turn? Hey, Vega, you've been quiet. Vega, you go. Yeah, you should go. You should go. I'm taking off my jacket. I don't want to go about. He's going to use the bathroom. So, yeah, how the heat doing? He did, uh, we haven't we haven't played. It's been All Star break. Still, yeah. I figured so, that they would have started playing right now. Like, no, there. so they actually give the the they try to give all the players at least a week of rest time because um, it's considered the halfway point in the season. And is it a true halfway point? Uh, no, because okay. uh, the Heat have twenty three games left. Oh, so it's lopsided for some. It's well, no, pretty much everyone has played at least uh, a fourth of the season. At least close to or close to three fourths of the season. I and they see. have a fourth left. Oh, so this is like kind of the last push before. But they consider it the halfway point because the amount of games that you play in the playoffs yeah. don't account towards like the 82 that you play during the season. So depending on how far you get and how long those series go, it could be half. Every playoff series is best of seven, right? Yeah, best of seven. I wish, um, I wish baseball was like that. Yeah, is, is baseball coming back? No, nah, man. If they don't come to a decision by Monday, they, they're officially like canceling. You games. sound really somber. Yeah, it sucks. It sucks. <laughs> there, there is like there is a very high chance that like we probably may not even have like a season this year. Yeah, it sucks. But yeah, it, it is fucking what it is. awful. Um, yeah, we can move on. I want to talk a little bit about the, the Destiny expansion. Um, cool. BXR fifty five. Oh, you're talking about that guy? I don't remember what it's called, but it was something. The BXR something or the BXL. Battle I'm pretty sure it was the BXR fifty five. Yeah. How's how's Destiny doing? Um, yeah. So a new expansion came out. Um, What's it called? Something Queen. The Witch Queen. Witch Queen. She's basically the main antagonist of this, you know, campaign. Bench, uh, basically, um, she's always kind of been a recurring like enemy, uh, like in the background of like Destiny uh, mm-hmm. lore. But now she's like finally like, the main antagonist gotcha. and whatnot. Um, but I mean, every time an expansion comes out for any game, you know, the fans of that game are always, you know, they're always excited about it. It's always a good time to be a fan of the game. You know, yeah. um, no secret, no no difference to this. You know, you have new content in the terms of new system. Our systems, you know, you have new weapons, new armor, things, you know, like new locations and stuff. Destiny's a little weird because they kind of, they cannibalize their own game and their own content 
and then they'll just regurgitate it later, which is kind of what they did here um, with one of their like planets. So one of the location was uh, a location was Mars. Ever since year one, that was a that was a planet. In, I remember, yeah, in Destiny, mm -hmm. and then like. I want to say it was maybe last year when Beyond or no Beyond Light was their last uh, expansion. I think it was that one. They removed it for lore reasons, mm -hmm. but they call it their Destiny Content Vault, and it's where they put stuff into this vault so that they could, you know, preserve space or the the thing of the whatever there is. It like the Disney Vault. It, I guess it's their excuse. <laughs> it's their excuse to like remove content that. So that's like been a big thing. Like for, a lot of people have had a problem with Destiny for a while. Is that they they start to like remove some content that they had before mm -hmm. um and people get upset about that because they're like i paid for that like why are you taking it away but i guess it's just with the nature of the game the way that they decided to move it to um they try to have yearly expansions so like there's supposed to be another one next year and mm -hmm. then one year after after that this is the one that came out this year though so um new things there's a legendary campaign so usually right when you go in there's like a campaign you could play and there's a bunch of different missions and you go through and then eventually beat the campaign kind of the rest of the game how, kind how of much is an expansion this one was forty. Worth? Um I I haven't played through a lot of it. I've beat the campaign on Legendary and that was a lot of fun. Um, but there's still more to go through. So with Destiny, everything is is very front loaded in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Something comes out, whether it's a new season, a new content drop, whatever. Right in the beginning, the first couple of weeks, everything is is great. But then the game immediately falls off after that because Bungie really just kind of goes skeleton crew from, mode from then on, right? Um, biggest example is they actually delayed this, the Witch Queen. I think it was supposed to come out at the end of last year. They delayed it by a couple of months, um, and then they have these things called seasons, and they're the seasons you just like any other season. Yep. Um, Ten bucks every time a season comes around, and that season was supposed to be particularly a lot longer than the other ones because of the delay that they had in the Witch Queen coming out, mm -hmm. which was understandable, but. They were like, yeah, you know, so we understand it's going to be a longer, uh, you know, season. So we're going to, you know, try to like, you know, pace out our content and stuff like that. Literally by the fifth week, all the story content was done and they didn't release like a new mission, like regarding any of the lore until literally the week before. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, like it was just something you could have seen in the cutscene, mm -hmm. And it's like, come on, like, why are you like, why are you like, why wait until all the way? Like you could have released this weeks ago if it was something as minor as this. Um but I mean, that was back then. This is now. Mm -hmm. Obviously, it's come out. Um, so the new legendary campaign before, again, like I was mentioning, you can just go through like a regular campaign. But now you can choose the legendary campaign where it's it's basically just like Halo. You know, you can before you would have to like go through the regular campaign and then maybe they would have like harder missions or harder versions of said story missions that you mm -hmm. can go back to. But here, right from the start, from the get go, you can do the legendary campaign. It locks you at a certain level. You get better because I know like you get drops and stuff for your, yeah. your life. Do you get better stuff? Is it like there's so more all every time you get a chest, like for completing a checkpoint or whatever it is, you get another chest. So you're getting basically double the rewards. Okay, that's cool. Um, you're getting weapons during this time. And then once you beat the game, it gives you basically kind of a boost or a head start into um, growing your basically your item level. It's mm -hmm. called light level in the game because um, it gives you a set at 1520. And I think the cap is 1550 or something like that. So there's always up to a soft cap, and then you kind of have to climb to that upper cap. Mm -hmm. um, so it puts you a little bit past the soft cap, which is nice, because it's like, you know, you're doing it, you're beating it in the challenge. Um, that was really cool. Something I really liked is, like, before, it was always just kind of contained, self-contained missions. But this time, the missions are, like, there's a, f there's a few of them, but a lot of them are a lot longer. And it's kind of like Halo campaign in an S, where you would kind of go between firefight to firefight to firefight, and, like, it would be kind of like, 
you know, you go in, there's a ton of action. It's like very fast paced. It's very intense. And then, you know, you beat it, you kind of get, grab your bearings and then like you continue on to go to the next part, a little bit of lore, a little bit of in between. And then you go into another firefight and you would know because there would be what they have in the game is called raid manners. Mm -hmm. They have it usually before you have a raid, but now they in uh, incorporate it into the story. So now, you know, it's like, okay, shit's about to go down. Like you get all your ammo back and everything. And then you start it. Um, it was definitely difficult. It was de definitely difficult in the beginning. You're like, oh, okay, this isn't that bad. By halfway through, you're like, this shit is difficult, difficult. As That's hell. good. Yeah, but it's it's very so. Like something I noticed, like we I actually beat it yesterday, um, and I, I did it with with a uh, with um, uh, my buddy, my old roommate Harry, um, mm -hmm. and another one of our friends who plays Destiny with us online, and we got through it as like just three of us. But there's no way I don't think we would have been able to solo like that. You know, so like I'm thankful that I had people to play with right at the go get go to like do the legendary campaign, but I know like it would probably be a lot difficult if I was playing it casually and I came out to it later and I tried to like solo it. It doesn't scale to only one person being in a. In it probably level. does, but yeah. I think it would still be difficult just right. because like you're just one guy. The amount of you, yeah, the amount of utility that you get of having another person there with Hold you. Whole angle. Exactly, mm -hmm. exactly. You know, so and I mean, even at then, it's like probably something simple like just enemy density or something, but. If enemies are already one-shotting you already as it is, it doesn't matter if there's two more or them or less or something, you know? Mm -hmm. um, what else is there? New systems. There's, like, weapon crafting now, um, but kind of in a way where you can really, like, you can create a weapon, but then you can also, like, change the perks on it. Granted, you have to, like, use different currencies you get in it, but this is the first time you actually have, like, true weapon crafting, which is cool. So, like, you can you get a weapon uh, basically as a random drop. You have to, like, basically attune the weapon so you like you'll get progress with it. So you you're required to use the weapon, like get kills with it, do content with it, um, and then you eventually unlock the pattern for it. Mm -hmm. And then you can go to this thing where you can basically pay mats to create this weapon. And then depending on after you create this specific weapon, you can um, level it up by you know using it more and more and more, getting more kills. And then you can unlock more more uh, traits. So something that's really big in Destiny is getting like god rolls of specific guns. Mm -hmm. You know getting two guns or getting a gun with two perks on it that either synergize really well or are really strong for it in terms of make maybe like reload. Give or me, give me a T I played destiny Two, but I never played destiny Two at like the end game and okay. the, the, the end, the end game kind of always confused me because in terms of like, it seems like from my, from an outside observer, you know, it, people, there are certain legendary guns in the game from current content and previous content, and whether you use them in PvP or PvE, people seek out specific guns to use in specific builds, and Correct. you're telling me that the guns also have randomized properties, so now you have to repeat content. So, so, so something that, I never played Destiny 1, but a system that was in there that was very highly regarded was random rolls. Mm -hmm. So... You're playing a game. You get a you get a legendary drop. It's a gun, and it has completely two random rolls on it. Right? One could be specifically for like maybe it has you know uh, you know decreased flinch when you're aiming down sights, mm -hmm. and then the and then the other perk is something reload related. Right? So usually what you want to do is you want to try and find a certain archetype or a specific weapon maybe, and then try and get specific perks that work best for your build in that one. Right? How do you put the perks on there? now in like weapon crafting yeah, yeah, yeah oh you do it through weapon crafting well now you can yeah oh. so you have to so basically that's like i was saying you have to get said weapon has to drop you have to get the pattern from it and then you have to make the weapon and then use that same weapon and level it up over time and then you can go back to the thing and basically re um like re-slot it in with like mm -hmm. whatever traits you want now there's enhanced traits so like 
something will give you a bigger bonus instead of like reloading this speed. Now you reload even quicker. Or is something the difference like that. in like feel and DPS worth all this? Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it is. You it feel is. it. Okay. For for a while, so I think something that happened in Destiny One. I, again, I never played Destiny One, but it was very clear that that game was very a lot more RPG esque, and where you're very able to, you're able to select specific traits what you want for your classes. Um, I think I'm pretty sure weapons had a bunch of different uh, things that you could choose from too in terms of like parts that, and yeah. stuff. It's not really like that in Destiny 2. You know, it's a lot more streamlined, which isn't which isn't bad in a sense, but now that the game has been out since 2017 is when the original first Destiny 2 came out. Now we're 5 years later, like it's clear that there's kind of needed to be a systems like update. So one of the things that they also did was they released a new update to the Void class, which is one of the subclasses, mm-hmm. um and they updated it in the sense of like they did when they introduced a new subclass back in Beyond Light, which was called Stasis. So it's they basically reimagined it and took it from like kind of 1.0 status, and now they call it Void 3.0. Um, and it's really cool because now you actually have like a talent tree. Like before, you were just locked to—I don't know if you remember—but like you had your three options, mm-hmm. and that was it. You couldn't do anything else. It was like you chose this one. This had this specific super and these specific sets of things that went with it. Now you can actually like choose what specific super you want. A different grenade that you want all oh, the different things heard. you can slide. there's more player control there's exactly more player expression. exactly gotcha yes heard. perfect yeah yeah perfect way to put it so that's that's that is something that is always a big deal to me mm-hmm. because i like to be more control of how i want to specifically play my specific characters you want to like make a build yeah and, and the cool thing is so like if you create a weapon right obviously the cool thing is that you have to level it up over time but it actually has like a time stamp on it whenever you create it so to be like created on you know two two twenty four twenty twenty two so maybe two years down the line, like you have this god roll weapon that you've always used in this specific situation, you could pull it back out and you could see that you made it on this time too, you know, which I think is pretty cool. Um, again, Destiny is always to me very, very front loaded, so we'll have to see how like kind of it goes on as it progresses. Um, raid comes out not this Saturday but next Saturday, so that'll be fun. Is it a new raid or is it, it is a new raid? Okay, good. It's called um, that, Vow of the Disciple. I think that was the spicy controversy. Yeah. The last Destiny expansion, I didn't play it. Um, but no raid or it, there was a raid. It was just reused. It was like oh well, like no. So when Beyond like Light that. came out, they they came out with a raid. It was called Deepstone Crypt. Um, and it was a good raid. It was a fun raid. But they re-released later on. Oh, that's what it was. Vaults of Glass, mm-hmm. which was like the very first raid in in, in Destiny One. Um. Which it's everybody loves it, so I think it was kind of cool that they brought it back. I think they still want to try and bring back like raids from old uh, like past, mm-hmm. which I think is cool to me. I've never played it, so it'll be cool for me to play it. For other people who are like doused in nostalgia for it, it'll probably be good for them too. Um, but if a, if a company ha- or if a studio has a precedent of like you know we put out two raids a year and it's like supposed to be two, they already have an established meta of it being like oh they develop two new raids a year and one of those slots for the year is taken by a raid you already got four or five years ago. Is that okay? So another thing that is going on with Bungie, and this is, it's, it'll be interesting now that they have their partnership with Sony, but um, they, so over time, whenever they release expansions, obviously they had it with a lot of content. And then over time, they've started to kind of nickel and dime people and like take things away and then start to charge separately for it, right? So in Forsaken, which was their first actual expansion that came out back in, I think, 2018 or mm-hmm. something like that, um, they released what they call a dungeon, which is basically a long form three man player activity. Um, akin, it would probably be in between like a strike and a raid, like a regular dungeon and a raid. Gotcha. But it's called a dungeon, right? Now, over time, they've started to take those things away. And now, like, if you paid $40, like, you get the campaign and everything, but you need to buy the deluxe edition, which is $80, to get 
you know, there's uh, uh, two two or three new dungeons that are going to come out throughout the year. Um, it gives you like, you know, the, the season pass for like the next, I think, three seasons. But like they're starting to take away things that used to be a part of like the big whole expansion oh, and charge extra so for So the it. base game is literally just the campaign and like... I mean, it's more than just a campaign, uh, but yeah, okay. you know, like if you want those things later on that are going to come, because they're not out right now, but they want you to pay for it now because it's going to come out later on. So it's like... Because then when it comes out later on, they're going to charge for those things. They're locking things behind the season pass, essentially. No, not even season pass though. It's going to be... Is it separate from the season pass? Yes. What? Like, so there's a, there was a big thing about it. Um, Bungie has been very purposely, very like not crystal clear about it because people have started to catch on. Mm -hmm. But like somebody like literally like again like it was like a Reddit thread that somebody was like, oh, their FAQ changed, you know, and it's it used to say this and now it's just something different. Mm -hmm. I wonder if that's just an oversight in their part. And they're like, no, that was intentional. What was that? Sorry, my Alexa's popping off right now. <laughs> She's got some shit. Yeah. She, she she said, said, Bungie's listening right yeah. now. I'm like, yo. Alexa's like, Vega, is. come here, you piece of shit. I will. <laughs> no, but I mean, this is just my point of view, you know, from one person that plays the game. You know, there's plenty of other people who probably have different opinions on things. Um, I've always enjoyed the soul of the game. I mean, it, it obviously having its roots in like Halo and now being like more of an RPG kind of aspect. And now it's like going into the MMO kind of games as a service, kind of full strength in that way. Um other people again they might have their own opinions but we'll see how it goes from now but for right now from what i've seen so far not bad mm -hmm. cool. it's enjoyable so yeah cool all right but yeah so i'm Ooh. glad i got to see how animated vega gets about destiny he likes it yeah when for him to like just jizz out a whole load of destiny and i think that was it so you're hyped for this expansion I mean, yeah. Um, I'm, when again, does it come out, or is it already out? It's already it out. came out Tuesday. Okay, it came out Tuesday. Gotcha. Yeah. So I mean, I I mean, I love like new raids and stuff. I'll be really excited to do the the new raid. But then it's like, I'm really worried about like what's going to come after the raid. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm like. Mm, what's gonna What's gonna continue to happen down my the line? My take, you know I mean? and like, we we can move on soon. But from an outsider's perspective, I will totally eat my words. I'm sorry if I if anyone gets a, a heater from this, but I think that. I played Destiny. It feels great. It's a beautiful game. And yes, you know, going through as a new player experience, especially when they made the game free, I know that they it was very curated and very awesome. All, all the things that could become unlocked to you at that time. But then I remember after sinking a couple hours, things slow down. There's less to do. You're repeating a lot of the same things you did before. And it's kind of like, this is boring. Honestly, it's, it's honestly impossible like to understand. If you come in as a brand new player, it's impossible to understand like what you need to buy, what what content is still relevant and everything because they've just decided to piecemeal everything that it's just become so complicated. And like, why can't I just pay a flat amount and be able to get everything like up to the current content? Like if I'm going to play Final Fantasy, right? I, I could pay 80 bucks and get all the expansions, I'm sure up until a certain point. And mm -hmm. it's all the same, you know what I mean? Like- I gotcha. But it's difficult for like a new player and like- My take game. is that they still, as, as a- They've gotten gameplay stuff down, but as a their games as a service model, I think they need to for sure. They're yeah. they're not up to par on that. You yeah. know, playing other games like Apex that is completely free, or even games that you do initially pay for but have more paid content down the line. Like I I've had my ear to the ground, and like I don't think there's ever been a time where like a Destiny expansion comes out and like a couple months later, everyone's like. We're really happy about this. You know, it's a couple months down the line and I'm really happy with my purchase and my game as a certain like, no, I don't think that they've kind of locked in on that. Maybe it's better than it was a couple of years ago for sure. But uh, they, there's definitely room to be made there. I would love to see it because the game looks great. I know? mean, again, we ha they still have their they were 
acquired by Sony by PlayStation. So Maybe this is it. Maybe this look, is that. Yeah, there's plug. still more to see, like where to go from here. We you know, know Sony's for the people, you know. But yeah. um, but I mean, for right now, yeah, it's it's fun. Like I said, I mean, that's my personal opinion. We'll see how I enjoy it after a while, but yeah, cool. All right, so. I have a discussion question. Oh, so with, with the upcoming release of Elden Ring, yes. I so you know I've never played a Souls game, but all all the reviews that I've been seeing, everything, all the press, whatever, um, everyone I know I saw, uh, everyone is pretty much saying like this is a ten out of ten, this is a nine point nine out of ten, whatever. This is an A plus S plus game. You know what? I have I have a something i want to say about that later well, i didn't i didn't interrupt at all no, like, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm, fuck, I'm fucking with you um but so with, with that in mind i wanted to ask you guys what is a 10 out of 10 game for you like what's the definition or what no, is no, like what is like to you what is a 10 out of 10 game like which game specifically have you played that you're like this it just hit every single um bullet on the checklist that you have like to you this is this is a perfect game. Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater. Snake Eater. Okay, give me give me some reasons why. Cuz I've I've only played uh Phantom Pain, which I, I talked about in a previous episode. I I was just blown away at how random that game is cuz yeah. I don't know what the fuck is going on. Yeah. But so with Snake Eater, give me give me the reasons why you think it's a 10. So in my opinion, it re it Sna- is it like Metal- innovative? What console did it come out on? And what year? PS2. PS2. I didn't want to say it meant like 05. 05, okay, gotcha. Or 06. You're actually, actually clear. I'm the Metal Gear newbie at the table, so that's Rising why. Rising is sick, though. I'm asking, Rising's fucking great. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's just it came sick. out in 2004. Okay, cool. Um, So so when Metal Gear Solid first came out, like on the PS1, that really revolutionized uh, kind of its core like genre kind of gameplay of like stealth, espionage, and whatnot. Um, Metal Gear Solid 2 came out for the PS2. It obviously had like way better graphics. It was new. Um, but then Metal Gear Solid 3 came out and then they just continued to add even more on top of like really going for that like kind of survival aspect. So like before it was all like stealth, espionage, like, you know, um, high tech kind of stuff. And this was kind of this was bringing you back to the origin story of Big Boss. And like mm-hmm. you're in the jungle, you have to actually go and capture your own food either by tranquilizing or killing animals. Um, you have to make sure you're always taking care of your stamina. If you get a specific like cut or you break a bone, you have to actually go into a menu and, and fix that. Otherwise, it will inhibit your gameplay. There was just so many things that were like innovated for the time that it came out um, that like you still don't even see games like today, in my opinion, like even take the. For example, there's if there's a cutscene in the game, right, where it's just an unsuspecting cutscene. There's a there's a, a an enemy called the End, and he's like this sniper. Um, have you ever heard about this boss battle in Metal Gear Solid Three? Oh, dude, it's great. I, I know almost nothing. Well, is the end of this game when you're a river and you're like fighting a spirit? That is in this game. That's not the end though. Okay, I know I know that boss fight thing because I've yeah, seen it on that's GDQ. That's the sorrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's um. That's that's a that is a, a it's more of like an encounter in the game. It's not really a boss. Like, it's like an endless river, and there's like a ghost that you're shooting at. You're you're supposed. It's basically like an auto scroller. You're supposed. But it's to the same. There. It's the same game. It is a game. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay, okay. yeah. That's it's that game. Um, so for example, there's this there's a boss in there. It's his name is the end, and the entire boss battle is just a sniper like a sniper battle like finding coverage like in these like different like wooded ridgelands and like trying to find where he is by like going these like there's like six different areas you have to go and find like the glint of his like sniper rifle but every time you find him he like changes up his tactics and everything brand new freaking things like people still don't do this these day there's a cutscene where he literally he somebody like rolls him out and like he because he's like this really old decrepit guy um and you could watch it from afar with binoculars and it's fine um and then like he goes away or 
if you're smart enough because you have control of your character, you can just get your gun, like your sniper, and just, just and like just spam at him and kill him. And like once once you start shooting at him, he's like, oh my god, and he starts like rolling his like wheelchair inside. But if you kill him before it happens, whenever you go to that spot later on in the game, there's no boss battle because you killed him. And like oh. now it's just like oh, it's just a bunch of like ocelots goons who are like you know in the area and you have to like go around them or sneak around them or something like that. But it's how would you know that? There's a boss fight and you should kill him without having to play. You don't. Okay, so that's good because that that means there's replay value. You don't. Yeah, exactly. Like mm-hmm. it's 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 basically an Easter egg, but it's something that's very viable in the game to do. Like, mm-hmm. and they took money and time to do it. Like he wanted that in the game for. Kojima a is a freaking genius. That's all I'll say. That's stranding, not so much, but you know. Okay, so walking we're simulator. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what what about you? Um, Monster Hunter. No, not Monster Hunter. Um, really? I have a question after this. You you way. love Monster Hunter. So Yo, when facts. you t- when you're asking me ten out of ten game, the way that I think about it is I for when for the, when I play the game and my experience with the game, I look at everything in it, the systems, the music, how everything comes together, and there's really no way that I can come up with a higher expression of the systems in place and how they all come together. Like, there's, I can't think of a way it's, it, it could be done better. With Monster Hunter, the nature of that game is to become obsolete. There's always another Monster Hunter that'll come out down the road, new monsters, new areas, like new systems, whatever. And that's really cool. And how they incorporate that new stuff, sometimes it's hit, sometimes it's missed. So I love Monster Hunter. I'd give Monster Hunter, like as a series, like a 9, 9.5 out of 10, but, but I'm never going to give those games a 10 out of 10. Uh, Rise would be the closest. 10 out of 10 for me, I would probably say Nier Automata. Playing Nier Automata... The anime game where you can uh, with the the blind girl with yeah, the skirt. Yeah, she has it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So blind girl, blindfolded. The blindfolded. the action, the story, the music, um, the the way like presentation. The guy who Yoko Taro, who is like the Hideo Kojima for this game. There's also very very unique ways that you go about the story. Spoilers for Nier Automata. I'm about to talk about it for the next couple minutes. Um, but you go through the game, right? When you go through the game multiple times through multiple perspectives of different characters, and each playthrough, you learn. The actual story becomes uncovered to you more and more and more. How many endings are in that game? There's one for uh, every letter of the alphabet. It's like really intense. But some are stupid. Like if you die in the very beginning, that's an ending technically. It's like, okay, well, nothing happens. And, then, <laughs> and, and yeah. Ending um, M. Uh, and, and there's a bunch of extra content and a bunch of things that are in the game that you won't ever get to. No, no two, three, four, five playthroughs of that game will ever be the same. But essentially the themes of that game are about like humanity and there's uh there are like these famous philosophers consciousness has been uploaded into these robots and like you'll you don't have to do this but you can interact with them in the game and they will be reflecting to you the themes of the game that you are unaware about Mm -hmm. as you're going through the game that you become aware about later and it's it's all just about like a choice and efficacy and like you know may being a better person and like I remember the big thing at the end of the game, so spoilers, is that, um, you know, the whole game happens and the the ending, it's sad, but whatever. But the very, very end is the main characters die, but they don't die because the whole time with them, they have these little robots called pods and they're just like their programmed assistants, but they grown an attachment to them and the pods essentially break away from their programming to save them and reassemble the, their like masters, I guess. And uh, they're talking to each other. And it's like this really quaint conversation, but I remember it just hitting so well. And they're talking about like, I forget the quote exactly, but it's essentially just like, you can always choose to have a better life. Like, that's it. Like, I'm, I, I can make no, that choice. That 
<laughs> Bro, that's an option. I will, damn it. Putin, I'm gonna play near Autonoma. Please, if you're, if you're listening, Christ, play man. near Automata. Play that fucking game. Um, but the soundtrack is, is beautiful. Um, it's sad and awesome and hype at the same time. But I, I love the soundtrack. It's probably one of my top five game soundtracks for sure. The, the combat is handled by Platinum Games, so it's super clean. Bayonetta? Yeah, so yeah. essentially it's Bayonetta, um, but there's like a, these chips that you get that you can make a build with. So it'd be like, I don't know, you have like 100 chip points and you could put like a, oh, plus 100 HP chip points and this costs like three chip points, whatever. Mm -hmm. And you get crazier ones along the line. But it, at the end game, it plays like a Bayonetta game. But the game is also a bullet hell. So while you're playing, mm -hmm. imagine while you're playing Bayonetta combat, you're also using that pod thing to fire bullets and mm -hmm. engage in at fight using a bullet hell and action combat at the same time so for the boss fights it gets crazy because you're constantly having to dodge and counter all this crazy shit but you're also trying to like shoot these specific targets at the same time mm -hmm. so it's great the, i remember being very engaged combat wise the story was great yeah i like i can't look at that game and be like like what could be done better here i really can't like everything the whole experience of playing that the first time through, I have not experienced again in any RPG or story or game in general, just because I the whole playing through the game multiple times things has been done, but he takes it to a completely different tier of yeah. like teaching you about the characters and their backstory and you know, essentially seeing you, things a different way. It's like this, it. the, the chick that you see in the cover art and then she, he, she has like a sidekick that's like a dude, right? And you realize that um, the dude is like this advanced they're both cyborgs and the dude the premise of the game is that aliens have taken over the world and that was like a long time ago and machines have now taken over the world because the alien takeover was so long ago and machines were used to take uh to fight the aliens but now the aliens are essentially dead and machines are rising up right so you are a cyborg on the a cyborg organization on the moon that's sent to eradicate the aliens and the machines to like make earth habitable for humans again there's no fucking humans. It's all a ploy. You realize that the boy is like this advanced AI um, uh, unit that has been developed, but they made them too smart. So they still need them because they're so smart that they're able to, you know, come up with ways to handle situations. But they always become self-aware of the bigger plot. So the partner to be has to always kill the dude every single time he becomes self-aware. And the story takes place the lot like it hurts her every single time because she starts to develop emotions because they're friends and they're buddy and they've been working together for like years, a very long time. And every single time that he, he's like, oh my God, there's a bigger plan to be, we got to go stop this. She's programmed to kill him and be like, okay, it's time to get reset. So, and you get to see, <laughs> uh, dude, it's crazy. I know, I know. I'm not doing a great job explaining it, but <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. I'm what sorry. <laughs> it's wild, dude. I'm telling you, the fucking humans aren't here anymore. And like the aliens took them out, but now the aliens are dying. So we got machines and the, we're fucking cyborgs there's, from the moon. And it's like, there's a bigger plan. There's just the multiple plot, levels right? of backstory that become aware with you with, with every like climax of the game and but the the heart of the story is yes the boy is like he he essentially is like almost a hero of the game but he 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 learns that yorha the organization that employs the cyborgs to fight that's all a sham it's all a sham like everything's fake and that the it's all a cover-up story for something i forget what um but the interaction between the main characters is why i thought it was really cool and like the whole philosophical kind of um like 
taking the game and undertones were really nice too. kind of like i haven't seen like philosophy and like you know um ways to think about your life as like an undertone like a subgenre of the game like yeah some games do get philosophical in nature but like this was literally like the subconscious of aristotle was like a side quest and the whole time he's talking to you about the nature of consciousness and what it means to be alive and like if a human or if like a, a a machine has downloaded the consciousness data of someone who was alive and is now interpolating on that does that make them human, you know, or not? Is it okay to kill that person? And it's like, you know, you get to go on these quests and decide to take these actions that are like, oh, this, I feel kind of weird about this. You know? And it's cool. Um, it made me feel something. I think that's a 10 out of 10 game for me. At I least. know. Isn't that, not, isn't that one of like the highest, high, oh my God, I can't speak, highest rated games in terms of like um, game reviews and all that stuff? I think so. It's definitely up there for sure. Um, it, I will say that it is a niche experience, right? It's not for everyone. Even people who play RPGs, it's definitely different. But I will say the action's cool. The story's definitely a little out there. Um, but if you stay, the game will pay off if you stay along for the ride, for sure. Okay. What's your 10 out of 10? Uh, so I actually have two that I want to talk about. Halo um, and Apex. <laughs> God no, damn de- it. Definitely. So surprisingly, Halo is not one of them. I, <laughs> okay. I would say it's my favorite multiplayer experience, but definitely not a 10 out of 10 game. Um, I think the first one I'm going to say is Mass Effect 2. Oh, okay. Um, and mm-hmm. so you guys don't really perceive me as much of like an RPG type of person or like would like those types of games. Like you were surprised I'd like Earthbound. That's true. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So, but with, uh, with Mass Effect, obviously it's a, it's a third person shooter and there's a lot of narrative and there's a lot of RPG elements in it. But I think the thing that makes it a 10 out of 10 for me is that the level of depth that you're able to get um, from that game with whichever way that you want to play it is so deep. And essentially, if, like, if you guys have never played any of the Mass Effect games, essentially, it's really far ahead in the future. Um, humans went to Mars. They found this really ancient technology, and um, it's called the Mass Relays. And all of the technology in the world is based off of these Mass Relays. And then come to find out, there's other... Uh, extraterrestrials that have also found the mass relays and it's apparently the the mass relays were created by this really ancient civilization they're not here anymore and you don't know why progenitor race um it's yeah they were the progenitor race and there's the word again and as you're progressing through the first game you realize that um tell me tell me what the race is called in in mass effect i can't think of uh there's a lot it's the the original race that they um God, I can't think of what the it, dread. No, not dread. No, good. It's not geth. the geth. It's not the geth. No, oh, okay. it's uh, it's like the original. It's the species that disappeared fifty thousand years ago. The Prometheans. I don't know. I think it is the pro. Oh, pro- Prothean. Prothean. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the Protheans. Okay, so, anyways, Protheans. Yeah. yeah, it was the Protheans. But with what you're like learning about, and you see that there's these sentient beings called the Reapers, and they're pretty much what you would assume to be God. They're like the creators of everything. They create the mass relays and they harvest up like life forms and they know they can destroy them because all of their technology is based off of the mass relays. Those are like the big squid things that come from the yeah, sky. Yeah, the big squid things okay, that gotcha. come from the sky. Um, and I think with, with that game in the second one, because you're right in the middle of it and I stand by this rule that the second of literally anything is always the best one. Back to the Future Part 2, Attack of the Clones, Empire Strikes Back, The Two Towers, um, pretty much anything that has a two associated with it. I will think is always going to be better. Rush Hour 2. Rush Hour Bro. Fucking banger. I, I woke the pups up. <laughs> Scared the pooches. Sorry, like, pups. What the heck? But no, so at least in that game, the thing that I loved the most was the 
the amount of storytelling and like how much you actually care about your crewmates and like how you get to know them because they all have very very unique personalities and you know how do you develop a personality for an alien right because you know we're we're human so that was like another interesting thing because 20 minutes by the way okay but so with like with that game you know depending on how much you want to talk to your crewmates and depending on if you're, you know, playing the game as like a paragon or like a renegade, different options arise from it. So, you know, the first time Bioware, right? Bioware. Yeah. Yeah, This This is, is, this is peak. Bioware. Yeah. I was gonna say like, this This is is peak Bioware. Yeah. Yeah. And when they, when you, when you're playing through the game, you can unlock different like speech, uh, uh, choices. And that's depending on if you're doing like a paragon or a renegade, which was like a, a really popular system that they made in, uh, KOTOR, KOTOR. Yeah, Knights of the Old Republic. And this is also when Casey Hudson was still the, one of the directors at Bioware, which I think is the reason why those games are so great. Where's he at now? I don't know. Uh, but anyways, with that game, just the combat was really tight. There was a lot of instances where you would want to have replayability because when you get to the final mission and you pretty much have to pick like everyone's job uh, ad hoc because if you pick someone at the wrong spot, they're going to die, right? So like as an example, when you're on the final level, there's this part where you have to go into like the heating vents and you're like, which crew member are you going to send? Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I guess Morden's the smartest. He was probably him. And he actually ends up dying oh. uh, with that ending. And it's actually uh, Legion, who is the geth that you acquire. Mm-hmm. He's the best person to go through and do that. And then like each time like you have to decide on what you want to do uh, to make sure your crew survives. Another aspect of um, that impacting the gameplay is there's like upgrades that you can optionally do for your ship. And like one of them was increased armor, right? So as you're flying in to the, um, the holdout of this deep space place that no one, that everyone says, don't go there. You're immediately shot upon. And if you don't have the better armor on your ship, uh, your crewmates, like the main character crewmates, one of them dies because they're oh. in the hole. And it's because you didn't take that time to do the extra missions or side quests or whatever to like help upgrade your ship. So I think, kind of like with what you were talking about with snake eater, how there's like certain things they can do before it happens to help prevent or to alter the course that you're taking. And anytime a game that has, there's a point A to point B ending, but there's like 50 different branches to get there. I think is always a good thing. Yeah, for sure. Love those kinds of things. Having your own like decision or choices. Yeah. Cause like the way that I play the game is totally different from you and totally different from you, but we can still get to the same ending. Right. Mass effect is really one of the, f- the games that, that really pushed player choice at that time. Cause like within the context of number one and number two, like that really hadn't been done to that degree in the gaming space too much. And like, I think mass effect was also the reason why we saw it copied so much afterwards or like every game had a paragon system after that. And like, Oh, choices matter and all that stuff. But then, you know, I, I think that, Mass Effect really integrated into the story where they'd kill off characters. It was like Game of Thrones. Oh, God, dude. It, it hurts like so much. sci-fi Game of Thrones. And you could bang just about anyone, right? There it is. So that was like another thing because that was like back in 2010 when it was still a little bit spicy to talk about. Um, but Sex. here we are like 12, 13 years later. It's more open. Um, but the Our other coffee. game that I'll mention, and I'll be quick because I know we don't have much time, is Super Mario Sunshine. So Take us through it. So the, the reason I say Sunshine... I agree with that. Sunshine was great. Yeah. Okay, so have you guys played Odyssey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I played through it. Okay, so when, have you guys played Sunshine? Yeah, yeah. I, beat, I beat Sunshine as well. Okay, so to me, Nintendo has always... They, they do a good job of telling stories with non-speaking protagonists, mm-hmm. right? They usually do a good job of setting it up, or like what the situation is. I felt that it was awful in Odyssey because 
it seemed like you immediately get dropped in to Bowser taking Peach and there's like these hats. And I have no idea what the fuck is going on. And like the first level, the tutorial is like you're on Cappy's planet. And I, I, I was just, I had no idea what was happening. Like it felt like there needed to be a progenitor episode where you find out, hey, you were actually hanging out with Peach at the castle. And uh, because of like your Super Mario Galaxy quest there, you know, this planet knows about you. Now we have some pre-context. I had recently played through Galaxy 1, 2, and 3 before Odyssey. And There's a 3? I think so. Or this is not? No, no, sorry, Galaxy two. 1 and 2. Three. Whoops. Um, um, but those games start the same way. So I think that maybe they were just leaning into their meta a little much, a little too hard. Right. But so, like, with Sunshine, though, when you first start out, you're just on a, plane, on a plane. Yeah, you're on a plane. Yeah. You're with Peach uh, and Tildesworth. And you get this like little video intro video of like, hey, welcome to Isle Delfino. And like, here's all the awesome shit that's happening. And that was like cutting edge visuals at the time. Yeah, dude, it was great. And you could see like the little Shadow Mario, like, and Peter's like, what the fuck was that? Right. And it made sense because like, as you descend into the airport, it's like getting an abrupt stopped. So now you know, like, oh my God, okay, what's happening? And then there's a cutscene of like, what's all this sticky goo? And, um, you know, because Mario was Mario, he's like, well, I got to save the day, figures everything out. And then there's just a lot of time dedicated to the beginning of the game and how it's set up. Yeah. And to me, with the way that Odyssey is, I just didn't have that. So I, I was just confused of like, okay, I guess there's just Cappy and he's my hat now. Or like he took control of my hat, but I, we have to save a sister. And then it's also like, you know, Bowser has a hat too. It was just weird, right? Well, Sunshine, it seems, I think Sunshine was like the first breakaway uh, Mario game that was like, lean that hard into a gimmick as a core mario game that's true so i feel like maybe with that game they had to give it so much padding because it's like okay well he's been jump man for so long but now he's like he's got the flood and this is so this is a departure we're so, like now it's like okay well the, we can just full send it now we can just fucking throw yeah, this man in right? the fuck <laughs> yeah but so like the other thing that i would comment on is the level design and to me sunshine has one of the most cohesive level designs like out there today soundtrack is awesome that is the only game that can use a French sounding soundtrack, but make it sound tropical, mm -hmm. right? Because there, nothing about that game is French, but they're using the, um, what's it called? Uh, the accordion? Accordion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're using the accordion and for like the main theme. Um, but so like as I'm playing through it, the other thing that I noticed is that they have a great way to break up the gameplay um, with, do you guys remember the levels where you had to go and it was like, uh, you didn't have floods. Shadow Mario takes some. Oh it's yeah, like yeah a, the secret areas, the secret area, the mm -hmm. secret levels, whatever. Yes, that's how you get yeah. a shine spray. Things are hard as fuck. They yes. were difficult. Yeah, they were they, super tough. Yeah, because you get so accustomed to flood and mm -hmm. like all the utility that it gives you, and then all of a sudden you don't have it. See, but if you played sixty four, he'd be fine. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, there to me with the levels in Odyssey, like the the first level, the desert with the the ice, like the cold desert area. Mm -hmm. To me, that just felt like a very, very, very gray box level. And that when when you're in the gray boxing phase of testing out mechanics, you really just put platforms or objects in whatever space to just test shit out. It doesn't look pretty or anything. It's not polished. It's not necessarily like a great art direction. It's it's literally just like a gray box of a level, right? And that's just what some of the levels felt like in Odyssey to me. It didn't feel like the platforming made sense because it was just like, hey, here's this moving platform. And it didn't really make sense why that platform was moving. But in Sunshine, it's on a windmill. And like one of the levels that you're on, there's like a platform on the windmill. But it, it made sense why it was moving. You know what yeah. I mean? Mm -hmm. um, and then like same with like some of the, the enemy design. Like 
we're just on this planet and I guess there's dinosaurs on it. So I'm like, I don't know if it was like a callback to Star Fox Adventures or, you know, whatever. But I just felt like with the way that the uh, the enemies in Sunshine, they made a little bit more sense. So Sunshine still had the system of um, every star had its own specific. You had to go in to go get that star, right? Like every, yeah, every so star each, was a each, level. Each level had eight shine sprites or mm-hmm. something. The seventh one was always a battle against Shadow Mario. Um, but yeah, so... At least like when I'm looking at those two games, like comparing those two, I just feel like the levels made more sense in in Sunshine as opposed to Odyssey. Granted, you are flying to different planets, but it's just weird that when you go to New Donk City and it's like you're seeing like people like Don't us. get me started. Don't get me started on that. <laughs> yeah, right. No, yeah, you, you get what I'm saying though, I, right? Mm-hmm. Because I like I understand that they're in like is it different dimensions or like different planets? Whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. But at least with the way that they did Super Mario Sunshine, you're on Isle Delfino. There's, it makes sense that there's an amusement park there, mm-hmm. right? And it makes sense that there's a hotel on the beach. That makes sense. But I guess when you have that theming, you can kind of go wild with it. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. I guess I can understand like trying to make a universal aspect of it, of, like the different planets compared to just having one area that you kind of flesh out. Yeah. The, the point that I'm making, it just felt way more cohesive in sunshine Yeah, as sure. opposed to like everyone had to understand what Isle Delfino was and like, it wouldn't make sense if you had like a, um, like a, uh, I don't know, a, a fucking space station that defy gravity. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make any sense why that would be like on a tropical island. Cause they're essentially trying to replicate Hawaii, mm-hmm. but like with, galaxy or, or odyssey it's like okay well you're gonna fly to the four dimension tesseract world i think maybe galaxy sense. gave them too much freedom because when you're designing great s- games though man. great games galaxy made a lot of sense and breaking away from sunshine you know it, it was cool because it was kind of like oh wow like this is so different and we're in space and we could do anything because we're in space but like you know even in galaxy the the stars were still every level or every star was designed you couldn't just go into uh, a planet and like get all the stars in one go, you know? Mm-hmm. And I know that with Odyssey, they they kind of just, they made a more open world where like you go into a world and like as you, like 80% of the stars you can get in any order, but then like some of them are locked behind getting certain ones. Mm-hmm. Um, but that comes with it a less like streamlined experience. It doesn't mm-hmm. feel as handcrafted. Yeah. But yeah. Again, that's just my opinion. I just felt like the overall overall cohesiveness of the level design and like all the enemies making sense of why they're there and just not not a lot of this weird oddball shit. It just made more sense in Sunshine than it does in Odyssey. That doesn't mean that they're not both great games in their own respect. I just view it from a level design perspective and a narrative perspective. I think Sunshine did it better. Even thinking about uh, Mario 64, that was its predecessor. Like you got random paintings in the castle. Yeah, random like, paintings, just platforms doing whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. And like, here's an enemy here because, and then like for some reason, this stars behind a cage and there's a chomp chomp in front yeah. of it. Because like that is so clearly placed by a game designer. Mm-hmm. Like you, it's so obvious that they put it there. But like for one of the stars in uh, Sunshine, you know, like the entire land is covered by goop, but it's lava goop. So you have to figure out some way to go underneath the city and like, oh, there's a star there. Or like, that's where you get flood. Mm-hmm. Like that that just is an additional layer of design that you have to do. Because there's like a role in game design or level design where you want to make it look like the, the designer was never there. Very true. Yeah. And I think that with Odyssey, it just there's too many instances where it's obvious a designer was there. I agree. Yeah. No, those are my two games. All good, all bangers. I feel like most people would agree with us. This makes me want to go back and play um, the 3D All Stars collection. 
I actually I got that and I haven't played it. I also thought wasn't that supposed to be like a vaulted thing? Because I can still see it in Best Buy and Target. Oh yeah, it is. Well, they don't make the, they don't make the copies anymore. You could probably Back still the Disney buy Vault. them. And there yeah, it is. Well, so uh, what was that? Other, more years. What was that other game they came out with too around that time? But like they don't the Mario thirty five or Mario ninety nine thing, whatever. Did you ever play that? No. Mario 35 or 99. I don't know. I think it was called Mario 35. It was like their like Tetris 99, but for Super Mario. Ooh. And like you basically just kept going through the levels. And it was actually kind of fun, but they got rid of it. because Oh, Mario 35. Yeah. 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 No, no, yeah. I, I never played it. Um, dope games, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. All right. Do we want to get into our our last part here? We only we only got like a little bit longer. Like yeah, how much time minutes. do we have left? Probably like 10 more. 10 more minutes? Um. We can do a quick primer, like a quick introduction yeah. into Elden Ring. Cool. Um, so yeah, we're we're just gonna I've, talk to you guys about Dark Souls, Souls like games. Why? Never played them. I perfect like, at all. You will, I know. You, will play okay. the, you will play the role of the unbeknownst. Let's, uh, let's set this up first. So uh-huh. uh, I just know Soft- it's gonna say you died a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. From Software, um, they obviously released these Dark Souls games, Souls like games for, for for since Demon Souls, which I think was 2009. 2009. Um, so Elden Ring is coming out. That's their next installment in it. It's, it comes out tomorrow on consoles. I guess it already actually came out today for PC. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been getting insanely great reviews. Um, 10 out of 10, 10 out of 10, 10 out of 10. Although mm-hmm. when it, to me, when it comes to game reviewers, like a 10 out of 10 doesn't necessarily mean it's a perfect game, but it's just like, that's, they highly, basically that they highly, highly, highly recommend that you play the video game. I don't really trust like the game review companies anymore. Like no, I trust, it's all like, paid off. Yeah. yeah don't, don't yeah. worry about any of them. You have, but, you have to go to like the, like the smaller YouTubers yeah, that are like, sure. or like the smaller streamers mm-hmm. to get like a legit opinion. I trust that this game is great, but like, it doesn't really mean it's yeah, if GameSpot or like, yeah. you know, IGN is saying it's great. But I'm, um, I'm I know on Metacritic, um, which they have, I'm pretty sure they have aggregate like personal reviews on there too. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. I think it's a 97, which is literally the highest I think ranked that's what's up. game that's on there or something. Um, again, 10 out of 10 to me just means it's a, rec- a high recommendation to play the game. Um, I know specifically uh, this game has been super hyped for how many years now? I want to be probably like two or three years. Yeah, two or three. Um, because I got announced at an E3, and it was a big deal because it was George. They it was like George R. R. Martin, and then from Software, and everyone is was he, like, "What the heck is he?" You wrote the story, Lord, Lord he, of the Rings. He's Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Okay. Yeah. And this, when it was announced, it was in the peak of like Game of Thrones, yeah. still being like very much in the cultural zeitgeist, mm. very much. So but he's yeah. he's basically the one that decided like designed the the whole like kind of environment and world for yeah. that this plate that this game was taking place yeah. in. Um, it looks awesome. I'm super excited for it. Um, so, for those of you who've never heard of a Souls game, though, is do any of these games tie together? I well, actually, we don't know. I, I plot wise, I'm not. Maybe I honestly loosely. would not be surprised if there were some callbacks, callbacks. to like Dark yeah. Souls in so this what? game, Demon Souls, Dark Souls, Dark Souls Two, Bloodborne. Um, I think it was one, two, three, Bloodborne. Okay, so one, two, three, Demon Souls. Blood, yeah, so Demon Souls, Dark Souls. They're different games. Yes. Correct. Yeah. So Demon's Souls. Dark Souls 2. Mm-hmm. Yep. Dark Souls Bloodborne 3. next? Oh, Dark Souls 3. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then Bloodborne? Uh, I think it was sure. Bloodborne, then Dark Souls 3. And then is it, I get these games messed up. Is it Sekiro or Ghost of Sekiro? Sekiro. Okay. Yeah. So Sekiro. Those are, those are technically all the From Software Souls games. Right. And then it's Elden Ring. Yeah. And that's Elden the newest Ring one. The newest one. Uh, From okay. Software's previous release was um, Sekiro back in 2019. Okay, gotcha. So, yeah, Dark Souls, Dark Souls 2. No, Dark... Oh, yeah, Bloodborne came out in 2015, and Dark Souls 3 came out That was a PlayStation exclusive, I think. PlayStation 4, cuts correct. Yeah, that's so, why I haven't played Bloodborne, because... So, Demon Souls... So, it's, it's important to know that Demon Souls was also originally a PlayStation 3 exclusive. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it was it was a good game, but obviously it was it was only on PlayStation Three. It wasn't as well like fleshed out as once it became Dark Souls, which was also on like Xbox and other systems. It was eventually ported to like PC and stuff. Mm-hmm. Dark Souls was when it really started to like. That's when it kind of really hit its stride and came yeah, into it. Yeah, for sure. Own. I remember playing that game uh, with Gene and being like, "What the fuck? This is awesome!" Um, but Demon Souls came out, and uh, or the whole Souls games essentially. There are a couple things that are staple: a dark fantasy universe. It's definitely kind of got like, like gritty, a dark, yeah, mm, very heavy gory, uh, right? tones. Yep. Um, uh, yeah, I would say. Yeah, more, more like gory than a normal gore, game. Though, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not like getting like chewed up in half. It's just no. Yeah, blood. you're gonna get fucked up a little bit, and it, you'll see some kind of like things that might be grotesque in nature. But I wouldn't say like I wouldn't say it goes out of its way to show you blood for shock factor. It's just mm-hmm. kind of like there are some bosses that just so it's look not like fucking years of war. Gnarly. Uh, no, gore. No, 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 not like that. Um, but Demon Souls came out, and I remember. It was, uh, it had a cult following for sure. Um, and people liked it who played it, but the game was very difficult. Fucking and the, sy- hard. the systems at the time uh, in 2009, people were not used to this type of game. And people- can't choose your difficulty. No, no, you cannot. Oh, no. I mean, I'm t- and like, it's, it's kind of literally one of those, like throw you right into the fire. Type yes. Game. 100%. Yeah. Like the first, bo- you're going to die to the first boss a-, a good amount of times before you can get it. Um, and that's another staple, dark fantasy, very high learning curve, very high difficulty. Um, and all about like your emotion too, you know, like dodging, um, and all that stamina, right? Yeah. So there's a stamina bar. If you have too much equipment, you, you consume way more stamina doing certain actions and they're slower. So you have to find, at least for you as the player, the perfect balance of like armor and being defended and you know being able to still have the movement um to engage in combat because combat's very unforgiving you 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 really got to be perfect or you got to have a bunch of pots but um demon souls came out and um not too much on demon souls but when the genre was established and when dark souls came to prevalence was dark souls one in 2011 um and that was just the same game but done way better um so you saw the same systems in place dark fantasy universe um you start the game by picking a class per se, but a class just has like a basic loadout and like a basic spread of substats. But like you could really take any class in any direction you want. Um, you can even start the class as like uh, like the, a weak person that has no armor or whatever. And um, you know, the game, Dark Souls 1, I remember you start out in this prison, right? And the game talks to you about like the narrative and the narrative is very cryptic. And honestly, we didn't even have to talk about the narrative to talk about Souls-like games, but um, it introduces you to the narrative, and then there's this massive fucking boss that just comes down and just starts fucking your shit up as soon as you try and fight it. And the game teaches you then that just because you see something big on the screen and a boss health bar, don't fight it. Like, yeah. yeah. And, and that's at the time that was so contrary to the experience. It was like, we were used to playing games like God of War or, or Assassin's Creed where like, you know, insurmountable odds are placed across you, but you're just so desensitized at that point that you're just like, yeah, fuck it. And you just kill a whole room or kill some fucking 16 so foot thing. So you're very much not so oh, the absolutely Chief. not. Oh, fuck no. no. You're like a Marine. No, 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 yeah, no, no. Yeah. dude, no. The game will try and fuck you up left and right. So a very prevalent like theme in the game is like, you will die multiple, multiple, multiple times. Not even on bosses, on like specific segments that there might be a ton it, of is enemies. Is it fun at. to die? No, it's extremely frustrating. But that's Ooh. the whole purpose of the game. I think it's, it's fun. Okay. It depends how you look at it. Yeah, like I mean, if if you're looking for a casual playthrough, Souls-like games are not your friend. You will not. I want to try to play this game casually. I'm you, just gonna sit back and like. Well, play okay. It. So now Elden Ring could be something different. You know, it's something completely different. It could be like I new, think if, if you were gonna if this was, if this was gonna be your first Souls game, I definitely would recommend Elden Ring. From what I've seen, it seems like a great 
introduction to the genre, introduction to from software and their material. I would not recommend Sekiro or Dark Souls Three. Yeah. <laughs> those games are fucking hard. But those, yeah, the purpose of those games really is that like it, you're meant to keep dying until you literally grind it the fuck out until mm-hmm. you eventually can get past whatever. And it's a good feeling whenever you do, and mm-hmm. then you get up against an even bigger enemy so, that's even stronger, and you're like, well, is there a lot of cheesing now? you have to do in this game then? Cheesing in genre, like you can cheese, but it's not necessarily required. Or is it required? Okay, so it's not required. I think it's if not. there's any cheesing that can be done, it's still skill based. So like, there's parries yeah. in the game that like you can one shit or well, one tap or two tap really hard targets, but you still got to be able to hit these incredibly small like tiny windows of being able to parry with your weapon. Um, so it's still skill based, but it's it's high reward, um, high risk, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, no, the games are just difficult. And I remember Dark Souls kind of. It was enough of a breakaway to kind of leave an impression on people, um, you know, having to go from bonfire to bonfire and like use your. So you kill enemies and you get souls that you use as currency and experience points. But if you die at any point before you get to the next bonfire, which is like a checkpoint, you 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 have one chance. If you die, there's a spot on the ground where you died and you got to go back, kill all whatever killed you and you get pick up that and then you get all the souls back. If you die a second time. Every, the the entire amount of souls that you had is wasted. So if you were just playing for three hours, four hours, grinding through content, you had like that's a, where the frustration. A hundred thousand. What are the souls soul? for? So it's a current. Yeah. Oh, okay. So you could spend them at a bonfire to level yourself up, uh, level up abilities, buy things. It's like the ubiquitous currency for everything in the game. So you get them just from killing things. But the thing is, you could lose them incredibly easily. Because the thing is, it from a design perspective, if you go someplace and you die. The game's asking you to go back there and not die. But the thing is, you just died. So obviously, that encounter for you as a player is something that was difficult. So the game's saying, we want you to do that again. Is it, is it like RuneScape where like you die, your shit's there, you have to go back to it. But now you're like severely, you had a severe disadvantage because now you don't have your equipment. You do still have your equipment. Um, I think that you in the game there's two states there's humanity humanity so if you have if you haven't died in a while you're you're human so i think you have more hp there are certain passive uh traits that you have in the background that help out with combat and getting stuff but if you die you become uh a, a kindled or whatever but i think you have a little less hp and you don't have those passives anymore but you still technically can perform at the level you did before you died but you it's have, all based on your skill you yeah. have to be more careful because now if you die you know you're going to lose something you know, that depending on how long you've played is uh, valuable. And mm-hmm. the game's pretty much stayed in that system for a while. It's like you have the bonfires, you have the checkpoints, the high difficulty curve, the gritty dark fantasy setting, and that's essentially Dark Souls. Bloodborne was a subgenre of that because instead of being gritty dark fantasy, it's uh, gritty fucking... Like gothic? What's There's a specific um, dark gothic... Um, what's it? His, there's a guy Horror? who... No, he writes stories. Oh, Lovecraft? Yeah, Lovecraftian. It's Lovecraftian horror, um, which is why that's cool. Uh, and then Sekiro was a breakaway from that again. And it's similar, but it's more action-oriented. It, so, it, so Sekiro, was that the last game that they did, right? Yeah, Sekiro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I mean, I think it's important to show like why, how hyped this game is, though. Because, I mean, coming from Sekiro and then even all the titles before that, every single game they came out with was critically acclaimed. Mm-hmm. Like, like Sekiro won game of the year, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, and I mean... Um, I'm pretty sure Dark Souls, like two or three, had had as as well. Bloodborne, I know, was very extremely well received. Um, a lot of people were upset that that was a, an, an exclusive, but um, Demon Souls actually was re released for the PS5 as a launch title there, um, and it's really great, fucking mm-hmm. amazing, super smooth. If you played like in 60 FPS, I'm just super. So, I, so here's how I think about it: if you have any sort of game that 
begets creates sort of its own subgenre, like I think it's a pretty big deal. Like yeah. Metroidvania. I mean, how many games have come out with that subgenre on it? And it's just a video game that was released, you know, a while ago that kind of had this aspect that everybody was like, wow, you know, how can we improve upon that? You know? And so obviously there's a ton of, now the term is souls like, you know, um, but I'm really excited to play this. Yeah. So it's this game be looks fun. cool because older dark souls titles tend to be kind of very, um, contained in the progress of the story. Like uh, they were praised because at the time you could go about things in uh, certain orders or the game will give you, let you wander into play parts of the game that would just straight up punish you. Like it'd be like the third to last biome of the game, but you could technically get there from the beginning and you'd walk in and be like, cause there's not really a lot of direction. So you walk in you're like, huh, all right, this looks like I might need to be here. And then you just get body and you're like, okay, well fuck, I'll just gotta go somewhere else. Um, um, but this one is open world. So this is what's new in Elden Ring. This is why people are really excited because we have cutting edge graphic technology. This is an open world Dark Souls game. So people are expecting to still ha kind of have the same sense of wander and uh, through the narrative and through the story and realm. But now you're not as, you know, if you're going through a Dark Souls biome, it's pretty clear where you need to go. It's like you look off in the distance. You're like, okay, I got to go that way. Um, but this is different because it's you've we all seen the trailers. It's like massive forests, massive realms, you know, um, a whole buildings that you could traverse through that lead to different areas. Um, so that's cool. That's coming up. Um, what else? Um, I always think open world games are. So we're hyped about it. Oh, definitely oh, hyped. Super hyped. Yeah. I mean, I mean, just look at all the like, uh, again, like all the praise it's been getting from people, um, not just reviewers, but I mean, just people who have been played in the game as well. I think it's really easy to kind of look at this and be like, oh, it's just open world Dark Souls. And I guess if you want to reduce it to that, yeah, but From Software has consistently yeah. elevated the level at which they express the same format. So it, yeah, it might just be open world Dark Souls, but I'm sure the combat's going to be tighter. Everything's going to look cooler. The way that you interact with the narrative in the game itself, I'm sure it's going to be done in an even better way because they've always, always, always um, <clears throat> shown up with that mentality. I'm just excited for next gen like Dark Souls just in general, which will be awesome. Yeah, because we technically haven't gotten a new Souls title since Sekiro, which was previous gen. So yeah. it's going to be good. It's going to be good. Good shit, man. All right. Um, we want to go ahead and wrap things up then? Yeah. What system are you guys going to get it for really quickly? Oh, I'm going to get it on PC. Yeah. I yeah. heard it wasn't really performing on PC. No, so it's been performing not that well on consoles. Yeah, that's what I would expect. Yeah. Which which is really odd because a lot of people are upset about it. Um, Digital Foundry actually put out some information about it. If you're if you're like into like tech and all that, check them out because they always do like tech reviews on games and stuff like that. But they were saying that specifically the Xbox and the PS5 like we're like anywhere from like 45 to 60 frames, which a lot of people won't recognize, but it's not going to be the locked yeah, like frame rate. Probably probably I'll probably get it on my PC. I feel like Maybe. nowadays, if you don't have the highest tier model of a console, you, you can't really, no, not the year you're not. I just feel like you, it's not fair. Well, I mean, this is really the only, this is the first. So they're also saying it's better if you play the PS4 version of the game because it's running on PS4 Pro code. Mm -hmm. So it's running at technically a lower resolution, but you get that locked gameplay. But there hasn't really been any not that I can think of a PS5 game that it's come out for as a PS5 like application that hasn't been able to run like cleanly 4K at 60 FPS. I could not tell you. So, um, but I believe it just because you know graphics have come a long way. Oh yeah, yeah. But this but, game is it's a lot. It looks like oh a lot, that's, yeah. that's yeah, yeah exactly that. That's what I'm thinking. Open world, you know, mm -hmm. just the, the nature of it. I, yeah. I, I mean, expected that. Even you know, Ryan, I got the 3070 my PC now, and I was playing through the Halo campaign, and it was beautiful i was playing on high settings and everything rest in peace as soon as i get to the open <laughs> world my computer's just like 
<laughs> Same with mine, dude. Yeah, and it's like, what the, do I need to have fucking SLI 3090s in my computer just to have, you know... Sure. Yo, who runs SLI anymore? Yeah. Is that, is that still well, a What thing? was AM, Crossfire? Was that AMDs? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Crossfire. Um, it was actually, for rendering, it's good because you can have... Um, still? People still do that? Well, because if you have multiple graphics cards, you could split up the render time uh, so that, like, uh, if you're, like, sense, I guess. essentially, if I was, so if I was doing the same rendering I was doing last night, but through my GPU and I had multiple GPUs, the programs are made in a way that they take half yeah. the work and they put it in one and half the work and they put it in another. So instead of it being an eight-hour render, it's a four-hour render. Oh. Interesting. I didn't actually know that. Makes sense, though. Mm-hmm. So for that purpose, it's good. But for gaming, no, because gaming is, like, a single-threaded process. So, yeah. like, I don't, I don't really know how much... There's always some sort of bottleneck when it comes to gaming. I've always heard that SLI gives you just like this much. It's not like you get double it's performance. It. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, you, yeah. you get like the five percent better performance. Mm-hmm. Anyway, good podcast. Yeah, I'm super good podcast. Um, you know, we were kind of just wanted to touch on a couple things because we're we're we were waiting for that Elden Ring to come out for next episode. But we're yeah. all gonna cop all Elden Ring, put in some time, and then we will be here next week with a our thoughts, initial thoughts, impressions, breakdown. On it, yeah. Um, I'll try and come up with some kind of interesting angles to kind of talk about the game. Um, and see from my perspective why it's being so highly regarded. But I guess we'll just have to keep an ear out too because just I'm sure the the uh, the, the people and the gamers will like it. But um, we'll see. I hope cool. it, I hope it lives up to the hype. It mm-hmm. looks like it has been so far. So mm-hmm. um, as always, guys, we're on Spotify. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, YouTube, mm-hmm. Anchor FM, um, Insta, TikTok. Please come soon. check us out. TikTok. Yeah, we posted uh, we posted some of our bios on Instagram. If you guys want to check that out, please. You gotta repost mine because you fucks took so long to do it. Now I look like the idiot. I that... gave it a pretty style. It looks aesthetic now. Um, as always, thanks guys for watching. Uh, share us with your friends, family. Tell us to somebody. Uh, Yo, peaked at 13, 14 viewers today. Yeah, thanks to everyone. Thanks for everyone's support. Um, and again, awesome. if, if there's anything you want us to talk about, hit us up. Uh, shoot us a DM through Instagram or Twitch or anything like that. Slide we, into our DMs. Slide into DMs. I'm, we're all giving you, you know, full permission to go ahead and hit us up. Um, and yeah, we're more than happy to kind of take uh, guest requests for topics and things to kind of touch on. All right, cool. All right, guys. Until next time, we're going to be talking about Elder Ring. Everyone have a good night. Have a good night. See you guys. Deuces. Peace.